What it do, fam? I think it's kind of fitting uh, this episode this week. It wasn't planned, but uh, we got a mama and female veteran coming on. And uh, guess what? Sunday's Mother's Day. So shout out to all the mamas in Vent Nation. Um, I mean, where would the world be without our mothers? Really, really think about that for a second, especially all the hardworking mamas that were grinding and doing what they had to do and setting the example. So shout out to my mom. Shout out to my wife. She's an amazing mother to my kids. Shout out to Kaylee Ortega for doing her thing and being a crazy hardworking mama too. And uh, all the mamas that created these amazing service members, law enforcement officers, firefighters, all these great people that are out doing what they do. Um, it all starts with the mama. So today's your day, or not today, but coming up is your day. Hope you enjoy it. We love you. We thank you. Enjoy. Kayla, you're on the vet. How you been? Uh, pretty good. A little chaotic. Yeah, well, yeah, I'm sure it is for everybody. I mean, I mean, I got, you know, my wife works from home all the time, but now we have three kids working from home. It seems like you, oh, you got your little dude there. How's that, yeah. how's that going for you? Has it been an adjustment or what? Yeah, it's a big adjustment. I was not ready for this. Kind of got thrust into parenthood and everything else all at once. Well, it, so- it sounds like you got caught in COVID though, right? Like maybe yeah. just from kind of explain kind of what's going on, like where you're uh, at. So I stopped working at my job. I ended up getting hurt and kind of decided that because my husband got orders to Lejeune that I would come back to California, finish my degree because the GI Bill rates out here yeah. is easier. And actually the second day into my trip, I got an email saying that the schools were shutting down and my ex-husband, his dad is texting me saying, I don't know what to do. So it kind of all just kind of got thrown on me midway into this trip back home. Yeah. So, okay. So you're basically on an Island, right? Like you're stuck in California. Like, can't. Yeah. are you from, are you originally from California? I feel like, or, but you're a man, right? We can talk about that, but yeah. wow. So I haven't met anyone that's been that disrupted yet by COVID, but it sounds like you got just caught right in the middle of it all. Yep. Where's, um, where's your son's dad? He is in Cameron Park. It's only an hour away, but he works full time. He's a diesel mechanic. So they're still considered essential. Yeah. And there's, I mean, even though being an hour away though, that's a challenge. Like it's still like in these kind oh, of, yeah. time, it's not like you, you know, doing a uh, split custody thing or any of that stuff is not something that would just be easy. You know, it, it hasn't been. Well, and his dad like gets him on the weekends, but I had to go buy all new furniture in my mom's house. The whole point was to save money to come here. Yeah. <laughs> but I've had to buy furniture to adapt. And then we're like in this small room. It's just a whole, I'm just not used to this. I'm used to having my own house and my own space. And it's just, yeah, for sure. You've been on, you've obviously like whenever well, I knew you when we were at HMX and I think I was probably, I, I definitely wasn't your instructor, but I remember you as a student, mm-hmm. uh, but I mean, you've been pretty independent, like, at starting right out at HMX, like on your own, doing your own thing. Like, um, yeah, it's, yeah. it's gotta be a tough adjustment, but, uh, man, I, yeah, I haven't, um, I really haven't come across anybody who's been as disrupted as you have. Uh, that's, yeah. that's unfortunate. What's the, what's the outlook look like? I mean, so you're going to, you're going to finish your degree and then try to move back to North Carolina. Is that the, the case? Yeah, I will finish it. Hold on. Hey, stop. Look, can I talk? Is that okay? You're going to be crazy. We have issues when I give other people attention. <laughs> I get it. I get it. I got three kids. Can you get dressed for me, please? This is when we talk about using listening ears, right? 
-hmm. and behaving. All right. I just got this pamphlet. Okay, but let, you can sit here and listen to me talk, but you gotta let me talk, okay? Okay. All right. You wanna sit with me or you wanna sit right there? Okay. You said what's the so what's the outlook on your degree then? Like if like uh, your degree get to North Carolina under normal circumstances, what would that have looked like? Uh, so April, I actually got my degree progression done. I will be done April next year. Next year. So originally I was going to only come out here for a few months. Um, use some of the GI bill to pay off some of our debt. Cause we attempted to flip a house in Missouri. Didn't go quite as planned. Mm. So it put us in a little more debt. So I was like, all right, I'll come out here, get my degree. And then that way it opens up better spots for me in the McClett program or customs. I haven't quite decided which way I want to go yet. Um, but obviously with all this going on, it's like, I might as well just finish it out here, Yeah. especially with the travel ban. I mean, I see there's a lot of vacancies, but it's for basic police officers. And I was a lead. So I'm trying to get up in the GS nine and 11 areas right now. Yeah. I saw that. So you, you, you took a civilian police position at Fort Leonard. Wood, is that correct? Yes. How did that go? I'm, I'm curious. I'm actually pretty curious about that. Like, ah, uh, so first it was adjustment. Um, originally when I got in the Marine Corps, I was like, you know what? I'm going to go to college full time. I'm going to try the civilian thing. I want to say like three weeks into it. I was like, I cannot do this. Could not sit still. College just wasn't working out the way I wanted to. So I took a, um, different VA jobs, like a work study. And I was working at the college. And then I realized like, I cannot do this dress in a dress customer service kind of thing. Yeah. And as a guy, law enforcement's definitely what I want to do. So I applied. Um, originally I was turned down. Um, for a basic police officer position, Interesting. but somebody from the academy actually is from my hometown and we found each other on LinkedIn and he told me there's a lead spot opening up. So I applied for the lead, did the interview. I found out within 15 hours, I was already hired. That's awesome. They wanted me. Yeah. But the, the army is definitely significantly different to work for compared to the Marine Corps. Oh, I'm sure. Well, I mean, I work for, I work for the, the national guard here in Utah. So I, I, I get exactly what you're saying. I mean, active duty army, I'm not really sure, but um, I, I remember those guys though. They, they were all, um, pretty awesome folks. I mean, how was it working with them and, and being, so you were basically what, like a, you were a lead. Is that basically mm -hmm. a watch commander or a watch? Uh, so for how they do, it's a little different. It's a patrol suit. So I was a sergeant. Yeah. Um, but as patrol supervisor, we have lieutenants. Uh, I can sub in for lieutenants here and there. Yeah. Uh, we ran not trying to be bad, but we ran real short shifts. Yeah. Unfortunately. So instead of just doing patrol soup, I was covering other areas too on top of it. So a lot more responsibility. Yeah. 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 I mean, I mean, they definitely, I mean, I don't know. I don't, they, they definitely seem to be, I don't even remember what their ratio was when I was on Fort Leonard, what it was, they still had um, uniformed service members, but mm -hmm. ratio seemed pretty low. It's, yeah. That's, it's weird. I guess how they do it with the detachment and stuff. And like we have, we have canine support, but we never know when they're there. Um, it's just weird how it runs. It seems with blue suitors, with civilians, if we call blue suitors or blueberries, yeah. uh, we pretty much do everything. I maybe would have a active duty traffic guy on here and there, but it just sucks because they don't have a lot of experience. So it's kind of like you're walking them through everything. There's some good ones out there, yeah. but it, it was just really difficult and we didn't do training together like we should have. So that's weird. Yeah. It's, the manpower and stuff there's a high turnover rate there yeah i definitely remember the gates were pretty autonomous like i like when i would come through the gates and stuff i never saw um i almost never saw like co-work co-working relationships except maybe at the main gate 
Mm-hmm. Um, but like the gates that I used when I was stationed there, it was like, it was just blue suitors. Like you never saw uniform service members at the main gate, maybe one or two, but it was rare. I, I mean, it's, yeah. I, I don't know. I mean, my experience on Quantico was very different. It seemed like a 60, 40 split. Like there were more Marines involved, but, uh, mm-hmm. you know, I don't know. I mean, yeah, that's pretty cool that you got that job though. So are you basically, it was in a GS position. Yes. So you're in the system then. So you'll be able to, you should be able to pick up hopefully, once you finish your degree and everything. Oh yeah. It should honestly shouldn't be a problem. But you're not, you're not necessarily thinking like if you go to Lejeune, you're not necessarily thinking McClep, are you? Or are you thinking something else? I would love to work for McClep, but at the same time, I think it's just the movement is slow, I guess, when it comes to progression, because it's a smaller field. Yeah. And I was looking at Homeland Security investigations and things. And a lot of the things that I wanted to do is change. And I think something that, I'm starting to get more passionate about is more human trafficking and um, more stuff along the border. So yeah. I'm thinking about changing to a bigger federal agency and kind of seeing from there. Yeah. So I have a good friend of mine, Tommy Sparrow, who's actually one of my corporals from way back in the day. He's a, uh, uh, he's, he works for ice. He's a deportation officer. And um, we did a two hour episode and I learned so much from him because it's just not what you think, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and it's not, you're not just going to Home Depot and picking dudes up and like getting rid of them. It's, that's not how it works. Like these are violent offenders, you know? Um, so I get it. And like, uh, oh, the, yeah. the human trafficking thing in, in a country like ours, I think it's, um, it's pretty, it's, it's a tragedy that we even have stuff like that, you know? And, and actually like, it's, it's kind of shocking that America is like one of the biggest, um, uh, well, how do I want like customers, if you will. Uh, yeah of human it's sad it's crazy no it is yeah i get i get the i get it yeah i I think i learned a lot when i was in 29 palms um my last year i actually (laughs) was in charge of doing the backgrounds for role players i worked at the vehicle registration office yeah um but so i had usually first and second generation iraqis and iranians that would come through or koreans depending on what we needed yeah i've met many i would (laughs) oh yeah so i mean I'd see that. And then I was the pretty much the proving official for certain people coming on the base, whether they were allowed to or not. Okay. And you're talking about just certain legals and things that come on and how we worked with ICE. Cause I worked with the FBI and NCIS and ICE. And it's just amazing. Some of the people we get and we're like, all right, you're going to come pick them up. Cause then they have all these felonies, they have a warrant and we're like, Oh, we don't have time. It's like, yeah, it's, so yeah, what do you want me to do? Right, <laughs> Release them back. It's a little crazy, I think, and and my friend Tommy talks about that sometimes, man. And there's just so many different quirks and rules. And but I, I wonder if people even know that. So like 29 Palms, what you were referencing, 29 Palms, there's it's Mojave Viper, so it's where we would do our buildups, our our pre-deployment buildups. And when you go out there, like you don't, it's not like Marines pretending to be, you know, bad guys. Like they actually have Iraqis and they actually have Afghans oh, yeah. and like Middle Eastern people, so that you get the most um, realistic training out there. And it's, and so you were vetting these folks trying to get them on the installation to work there. Is that, is that what you were doing then? Yes. Yeah. I mean, and there, there, there were, there were quite a few, I don't know how many they actually employ, but, um, when we would go through some of these training scenarios, like when I did my workup for Iraq, like there were quite a few people like, like they could almost simulate a whole town of people. It was crazy. Oh yeah. I mean, I think I had to vet them every 90 days because it's obviously following the Mar admin, but, uh, I would go from a couple hundred to maybe a thousand at a time. Wow. And I know one of the ladies I yes. took it over from, she worked there for years before I did. And she did like 5,000 at one time. Wow. Just depending. 
So where do the problem is like where do those folks live? Like um, so majority of them, it's gosh, they're all over because the, what the Marine Corps does is they contract with a certain like role playing agency. Okay. And the Marine Corps has been through tons of them. Yeah. And they pretty much go, all right, this is your contract. Find us people. And they just offer them. And it's really sad. They'll offer them like three grand for the whole year to role play something dirt cheap. Wow. And you just get these people with different backgrounds. And it's funny because I'll see, I'll start to notice patterns of like brothers that are coming in, uncles, yeah. extended family. Exactly. Yeah. And yeah, it's interesting. And then there's certain other exercises we need certain people from other nations. So sometimes I'll get a random list like Koreans or, uh, I think we had Jordanians at one time. So yeah, got to meet all kinds of people. Yeah, for sure. It's crazy. I remember, I remember meeting them and, and a lot of them, uh, in my, in my experience, they did not like us. Oh no, 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 they're not. Oh, Especially yeah, like, yeah, the Middle Eastern ones, me being a woman. Oh, when they that come was up, yeah. They'd be like, well, why can't I do this? I'm like, oh, I'm the boss. Well, I don't want to speak to you. I'm like, you don't have an option because the general appointed me. So you either talk to me or you walk out the door. Right. Like, I don't know what your rank is. And now I have a lot of those talks with a lot of those guys. And thankfully they had worked with us before. So they were more understanding Yeah, and they had rapport with one of the other females in the office. So yeah. she was kind of like, yeah, she's the boss. You, you better go with her or you're going to get kicked off. I, you don't, you don't strike me as the type of woman that would ever put up with some bullshit like that though. I, I like that. I love that about you. <laughs> yeah. I don't, putting, I don't like dealing with stupidity or bullshit. Punks in check, man. Yeah, I would. I, you know, it's not even something I would have considered. That's an awkward. That's kind of a. It's it's a. You're you're highly capable, but what an awkward position to find yourself in too. Because like culturally, that's a, that's a very sensitive thing. Like, mm-hmm. to you you know you're an authoritative position, but you also have to find a fine line to respect some of their stuff. But oh yeah, that's weird. I mean, man. Uh, I mean, it's not even something I even thought about. But yeah, I had some I had some choice encounters with a few of them, and uh, one one lady. Um, she even slashed her throat across her thumb across her throat because we were in a training scenario and, you know, me and my core, I had a, a particularly aggressive corporal at the time. Uh, he, he did everything he was supposed to do just maybe in a more aggressive manner in a role play scenario. And, uh, yeah, she basically was telling him like, if you do that in Iraq, they're going to try to kill you. And I'm like, oh. they're going to try to kill us anyways. Like, yeah, yeah, it's crazy. Man. Interesting. I didn't know you were doing that. That's, that's a, I, <laughs> that's a cool, uh, very, unique billet to fill that not many people in the Marine Corps would ever get a chance to do to see that. Oh yeah. It was stressful. I won't lie. It was how, long, stressful. how long were you doing that for? Um, not even a, just about a year, one year, my last year in, that's all I was in charge of. Yeah. Okay. Was doing when, that. You, when you left, when you reenlisted out of HMX, is that correct? Mm-hmm. And, I did. and you went to 29 Palms then? Yeah. Yeah. How, so what you did four years there? Yeah. Just yeah. about four years. I, I remember, mm-hmm. I remember you going there. I didn't realize. So what, a couple of years on patrol and then you did the, the vetting. Yeah. I, when I got there, <laughs> I'll never forget it. I walked in and I know staff Sergeant Harsey was an old kennel master at HMX. Um, I walked in there and he, he was there to greet me and he was like, yeah, I was HMX four and walked in master Sergeant's office and he ended up being our master guns later, but he was like, Oh good. I have an NCO with no PMO experience. You're going to be such a great contribution to the team. And I was like, Oh dang, I have a lot to learn. Yeah. So pretty much had to learn how to humble myself down and learn how to be a cop. So I rode around with one of the senior corporals for a while, about four months, mm-hmm. got thrown into a patrol soup spot. Um, I had a couple officers, civilian officers that were thinking like LAPD and other things. So I learned a lot from them yeah. about policing, did a lot of extra training that I could, um, became an FTO, actually became an FTO Good. and was forced into a watch commander billet, not even 
five months later and I was a, a watch commander for 16 to 20 people for say about two and a half years before I was the other billet. That's a big shift. You were running yeah. 15 to 20 people. Mm-hmm. Wow. It was a good time. Yeah, it was my first time I ever worked with grunts and that with every six months when we rotated grunts, gosh, that was like the most okay, well, awkward, but best experience ever. <laughs> so what, what, what do you mean? What are you, you were augmenting infantry into PMO billets or what? Yep. For our gates. Right. Yeah. Is that all they did was stood gates? Mm-hmm. I didn't know that. That's, that's cool. I mean, how yeah. was that for you? Was that hard or fun? Or? Um, I think the first round was, was hard cause I didn't really know. I mean, I was in super shape. Um, so I was able to keep up when we PT'd. I think it's one of those things in the military. Like I know, you know, I believe that if I was going to lead men, I needed to be at that standard because I feel like females are automatic kind of lower. It's just the culture of it. Yeah. So I just kind of just walked my walk. I didn't really do any talking. And I said, I pretty much would come in first brief, say, Hey, I'm your boss. Get over it. I understand I'm female. It's your first time. I said, look, if you do your job, you do the right thing. You follow laws and procedures. Good. I'm going to have your back. If you have questions, ask me. And I always just kind of start with that. And the first two weeks were always awkward, but I mean, a lot of them now are my friends. There's a lot of people that have asked me for references for police departments and I keep in contact with most of them. So that's cool. Yeah. Yeah, that's a, I mean, I don't know. That's a, it seems like a challenge. It's not a, that's not something I think, I feel like the male female thing was ever really an issue for, for you though. Mm-hmm. You no, were always in good shape. And, what, um, what, what, no, not with the cat. She's ornery. I don't want to sit next to her. You can sit there and hold the cat over there. Thank you. <laughs> I love this. So I love, so this speaks to like your whole deal. Like, okay. So you have your, I think since I've known you, you, you start, what did you, I remember we used to patrol. You talked about a nonprofit that you started. I think since I met you at HMX, you've been a, a, a mother, a working mother. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, I mean, and, and we're doing this episode and like, you're still, you're still like, you know, at home teaching your son and like, do like, how do you have time for all this? Like, how do you, how do you, well, how do you do it? Oh, well, I mean, I've had my ups and downs. I don't lie to you. Um, I think <laughs> you can ask my mom. I think when I joined before I joined the Marine Corps, I was a very calm and like patient person. Yeah. And I just learned that nothing is going to adapt to me. I kind of got to adapt to it. And will you not do that to the cat? Thank you. <laughs> but I don't know. I just, just something I know that I have to do. And I know I'm not going to be the best at everything. And it's taken me a while to learn that. I'm not going to make everybody happy. But I don't know. Being a mom, I just try to do what I need to do, especially now being remarried that's a whole nother thing on top of it. I don't know. Well, I mean, you've always, you've always seemed to manage it well, at least from my perspective. I mean, all the way back to HMX seems like you were able to, you know, do the, do the married life, do the mom thing, do the work thing, do the trip thing and be a college student. I mean, it's great. I mean, I understand that it's, I understand a lot of what you're doing because you know, you know me, I was on in online school for forever. Mm-hmm. Wasn't, but, um, it's, it's gotta be harder for a mom. It just is. Uh, my kids, my kids have never demanded as much from me as they have for my mom, for my, for my wife, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. So it's just never, it's never, it's, I'm just being honest. It's never been that way for me. Um, so, I mean, I don't know. I, I have a, a deep admiration for what you've been able to do and you're still doing it. It's crazy. And now COVID's totally shut this whole thing down. It's, it's nuts. Yeah. This is so to put it, I think for putting it in perspective, I think this is the longest I've ever been home with my son 
since he was six weeks old before I had put him back in daycare when I was active duty. Oh, for sure. I, I, I yeah, bet, the I, longest I, ever. I bet if you actually did it, you're probably a hundred percent accurate. Like, yeah. I mean, I, me and my sister sat down yesterday and talked about that. And I was like, in all reality, it's the longest I've ever been with him. Yeah. So what was it in, when you had your son, it was what you got like six weeks probably, right? That was it. Yep. Six weeks. What do they get now? The females, I think they've changed quite a bit, right? In, in, yeah. So it went up to, it went up to 18 for the Navy and the Air Force and something else. And then the Marine Corps was like, absolutely not. And dropped it back down to 12 weeks, but they still get 12 weeks. So they doubled so, it. I mean, that's a lot. I mean, and then. Oh, yeah. What was it like? What was it like being a to like have a child in the Marine Corps and then try to recover like your health and your physical fitness and was that a challenge? It was because I had that I had that surgery when I was what eight weeks pregnant with you. I was outside with um, I don't remember if you remember Bickle. That's not her name anymore. But I didn't know. Yeah, Cesar and Bickle when they were doing death tag, and I thought I was having a miscarriage. I ended up having a cyst, and I got it removed, so I couldn't work out the whole time I was pregnant. Yeah. Um, but I had 55 pounds to lose in six months from when I was cleared. That's and so, I, so from birth to you get six months to get healthy from, so from when your doctor clears you. So I got cleared at the six and a half week mark. Okay. So I had from that point on, I had six months to get ready to run a PFT and pass it. Wow. So pretty much decided like I've done pull-ups. I've done all this before. I can do it again. I made Ventrilli run with me. <laughs> I do remember that. I do remember Yeah. I made him run with me and I went to the gym in the dungeon before he got out of daycare. So I did it. I literally worked out until the last 15 minutes before I had to pick him out up. Yeah. And then, I mean, it was stressful. Don't get me wrong. It was real stressful, especially changing my diet. Dude, you said. I, I was in a little class right next to where the workout, where the gym was. Well, yeah, that was later. With the, that was with the little. Hours kids yeah take to the dude you stacked 55 pounds is that what you just said did you say you kayla you said you had to lose 55 pounds yeah you're tiny you were tiny before you got like how you put on that much ah uh, so perspective i was a 130 and then when i had my final weigh in in the hospital i was 198 <laughs> how big was it yeah. He wasn't big at all, but I lost like, how much were you? Seven pounds, 10 ounces. That's a good size. That's a good size. He was long. He was 22 inches long though. Yep. That's a big baby. That's a good size yeah. baby. I mean, I had, tiny, I had tiny little half Asian babies. None of my babies. Mom, I think we only had one that was over seven pounds. No, I don't know. I don't know that like that. I don't know that the average person can understand how hard and what a challenge. I have this. What? So Try to be a mom and be a marine at the same time, like all oh, the stressful. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Uh, like I don't. I, I. I don't know. I value family in ways. You know, family matters to me so much. It always has. But to to try to have a career, especially a military career, and, mm-hmm. and be a mom at the same time. I. I mean, it's insane to me. Like I don't. I yeah. don't you know, because I know what I put my family through just just being a dad while I was yeah. in Like imagine you know. I don't know. It's, this is a, a lot of people don't know this, but I mean, I was a sergeant for almost five years. I was the second uh, long, well, second senior sergeant in our MOS because I didn't get promoted staff because I denied orders. Actually, yeah. Um, I was when I was married to my first husband, we both got put on the hist, and I got DI orders, and he got recruiting orders. But oh. he was going recording west, and I was going DI east. That wasn't going to work. So, 
yeah, well, we, we did our whole admin message. I went to the career counselor. I said, what can I do? I want to stay in. I said, if you send me to the drill field, my heart's not going to be in it. And I'm very much about the Marine Corps, but I was also about being a mom. My son wasn't even a year yet. Yeah. And they're like, well, we need to get over it. And I said, well, I really can't. I don't want to go there and lose my career because I'm not there. I said, how about you send me to FY18 yeah. and I'll go FY18DI. I'll do it for you. No. I was like, okay, well, you guess somebody's got to work with me here. Yeah. Well, they told my husband, well, somebody messed up on your paperwork. They didn't put that you were dual active. So, and I was like, so that's not an error on my part. Why can't the Marine Corps fix it? Yeah. And it was pretty much like you go DI or deny. So I denied. Um, unfortunately, uh, surrounding that I got divorced because of all this stuff going on. Yeah. Um, I, I won't lie. I was pretty crushed for a while. And then I, think like some people realized that I mean I love the Marine Corps but I realized I could do more yeah. and I was pretty upset because I felt like a lot of I let a lot of people down because um, I had a lot of people tell me like why don't you go officer why don't you do this so you need to do this and that you're going to do great and it's just like I think all the weight of that just crushed me for a while oh, you didn't let anybody down no way you let anybody down I mean and, and also like Look, you see these two little stupid, well, you can't see it on this arm anymore, but this little tiny blue, hold on, little thing, that's what yeah. got, got me thrown out of, rec- out of recruiting school, okay? Just that one little tiny thing, that yeah. tattoo that, that lots of people had, but these little administrative errors happen all the time. It's just, some, it's, it's an unfortunate thing. Um, yeah. And you could, I mean, it is, it is, um, it is literally impossible for uh, a, a husband and a wife to be on B billets at the exact same time. It's it's impossible. There's no there's no way that could happen. And the added stress of not being able to sort that out. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I wouldn't wish that shit on anybody. And the fact that you've got through it, and you know, you you know what I mean. You're still doing it. Yeah. You're still crushing it. Like you're still taking care of business. I mean, that's that's crazy to me that no one would step up and help you. I don't even understand. That seems like such an easy thing to fix. Yeah, that's what I thought. And to make matters worse, you know how they take people off later on if there's too many? Yeah. They had too many 5811 females, and I was one of two sergeants that was selected to remove. That's and I even I re-requested an admin message, and it was denied within three days. Wow. So, no, you denied the first time. So I was like, I, I guess it's not really meant for me. But That's one but, of those stupid, stupid things, sorry. man, those, those crazy little – admin things people get caught in you know like oh yeah i've been there though i was the most senior sergeant in rmos you know um and uh like i i just put in a verp and left you know it was like time to move you know i didn't have it anymore i knew it writing was on the wall i was struggling and um the move made sense for me and my family you know and oh yeah and that's why i'm doing this kind of stuff now is just trying to trying to give back what i can and highlight people's stories and you know, it's all a lot of time. Like when I get people on here, it's glitz and glamour. You know, they don't understand. Folks don't understand like all these crazy challenges that you're confronted with, and like how you can just keep getting beat down. You know, what I mean? like yeah. uh, on these stupid little admin issues that really you should just be able to fix. But um, mm-hmm. sometimes, sometimes the Marine Corps just uh, it just doesn't want to step up and do the right thing. You know? Oh yeah, I know. I cannot believe I, I cannot believe that you guys were histed at the same time. Uh, I can't either. And it was, and what what really sucks is, is I told him I was like, because I this can sound weird. I get these weird feelings when something's going to happen. I get it at work, and it's this weird, real deep pain. And I said something's going to happen. I said I think we're going to get orders. Yeah. And he's like, no. And I was like, no. 
we're going to get orders. Not even, I, not, I don't even say two, three days later it yeah. hit. And I was like, I told you, <laughs> I told you. That's insane. Yeah. Especially like I get, so I, when I was in recruiting school, there was a husband and wife together that were going to re- go on recruiting. And See, they, I would have done that. And right. they, had a, they had a family structure where they put a plan together and it was going to work. I mean, I, I'd like to know how that went for them. Um, yeah. But so Brandon, but hey, so can people, you tone it down for a little bit? So people understand, like, you're going to go to recruiting school. You have mm-hmm. to go to the West Coast. And, and as a female drill instructor, you have to go to the East Coast. They, they, mm-hmm. You have to. There's no, there's nothing. There are no females on the West Coast. None. As far as in drill instructors. There's only been one that I know of, uh, first sergeant. And then, and then she's not actively with the recruits. So yeah. literally the, the physical distance, like the, it's a force. There's no way around that. Yeah. They, well, they told me, I was told, <laughs> I was told this verbatim by the first sergeant. You have a family care plan and your primary is your mom. That's where your son's going to go. And I was like, uh, I'm not comfortable with my son going somewhere for six, seven months at least, you know, yeah. not even a year needs mom. So yeah. Crazy. Yeah. I, I just can't believe that they would say shit like like uh, they would say shit like that. That's insane to me. Um, no, yeah, I don't know. I, I I would question the leadership there. That's that's uh that, that's unfortunate. That's really unfortunate, especially because you're one of the you're one of the good ones. You're one of the great ones that I've been around. You know what I mean? Like Thanks. the fact that they wouldn't have stepped up for you. That's that's wild, <laughs> and, and you know, and it's created obviously a lot of other stuff. I mean, man. Mm-hmm. But hey, you know the the thing is like you're 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 here. You, you said you've got to spend the most time with your son. You know what I mean? Yep. Like that matters. That matters so, so much. Oh, it does. And you're still successful and you're, you're going to have a career beyond that. You know what I mean? Um, mm-hmm. Be thankful for that and, you know, enjoy every minute you can with your boy. That's what I, that's oh, yeah. what I would, you know, I'm eating this up, man. Like um, all the times that I've said like, man, I just, I haven't had time for my family. Like I'm getting it all back right now, you know, and oh, I, yeah. I, I'm enjoying it. So I hope everybody else is. I mean, it's, it's sad, the circumstances of why we get to do this, but I'm going to take advantage of every bit of it. So tell me, tell me a little bit, like, let's, let's backtrack a little bit before you joined the military. You were, you were a military brat though, right? Yes. The army, if I remember or no? Yeah. The army national guard, but yeah. Okay. And your dad was a what? Lieutenant Colonel Colonel? No, he actually did, was a major, state of major. Okay. Well, so yeah. tell me, tell me like, did, what, what was the, the surrounding the nonprofit? Just tell me, I know you don't, you're maybe not active with it, but explain it to me. Cause I think it's incredible what you did. This is before you even, uh, told, like, you were doing big shit before you even came in. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, pretty much. Uh, I think when the war first kicked off, um, obviously the country hadn't seen war. The Gulf War didn't last that long. Yeah. I was even in conflicts. Brady Connor, can you give me a second? You're what good. do you need help with? No, I need you to see, he's trying to put the pull-up bar up. You're not working out yet. Can you wait for me? I love that. I need you to wait for me because I told you I'm talking, right? You can come sit with me. You can come sit with me or go run around with the dogs, but don't be playing with the pull-up bar or anything, okay? <laughs> I love this. <laughs> You're not doing anything. We're not doing anything with the pull-up bar yet. He pulled the chair all the way in there because he knows I'm talking to you, so I'm not going to. You need to behave, all right? We'll go take a walk. We'll go get a, we'll go get a drink, a treat. Oh, drinks, treat, it's tea. All right, thank you. Okay, so, um, yeah, so there wasn't a lot of programs. I know Yellow Room was a program, but it's more for reintegration with yeah. families, which was still a newer thing. Nobody had really been in, really had to deal with that yet. Um, 
my mom was a fro and my dad's I'm trying to think my dad's first unit was a small engineer company and my mom because she was an officer's wife was like well I have to do it yeah so my dad because of my age was like hey I need you to babysit people's kids while we're at the armory doing meetings so I started babysitting as I think it was like 10 at least 10 or 15 kids from the company at the time um, that were there and I was bringing crayons and I was like none of us really knew what was going on and I was like well this is not really what I like and kind of realized like this was the only time we we're going to be together because we don't live on a base and then we we're all going to separate. So we're young and then there's all different ages. And I was like, this is not fair. So I started talking around and asking my dad, can we do different things, different meetings and stuff? And he said, yeah. And the national guard here in California had a son <laughs> named Cyrus. I think his name was, and he started a teen camp for national guard kids. So in the summer we go out with, pretty much our parents camis or camis if you fit them and we'd get to go spend a whole week at camp San Luis Obispo, go to the obstacle course, go shoot M16s. Um, we do the rappel tower, do a whole bunch of stuff and kind of see what our parents did, but it gave us time to connect. That's and I realized like, why does it have to be once a week or once a year that we do this? Why aren't we having more interactions with each other? Yeah. And I said, we don't live on base. We, we need to do this. So I got selected to go to a symposium in Missouri. That's where it was. And they picked two delegates from every state to go so we could have a meeting and see how we could start connecting National Guard kids. And I met this girl. Her name is Melinda or Miranda. Melinda's her mom. Miranda Hearn. And she was an Air National Guard team. And me and her like clicked instantly. And we um, came up all, with all these ideas. And we're like, well, what, what can we bring back to our state? So we got up with the tag headquarters here where my dad worked and we got in charge, like in touch with the legal office and said, what can we do? Can we ask for donations? So we kind of had to go around the legal terms of how we could connect and get funding. Yep. And so we, what we were doing is we were doing outreaches to guard kids. So then me and Miranda took it a step further and like, you know what? Um, being females, you know, we have our, our own things. And I feel like when I was, especially certain during my dad's second deployment, I felt like I had a step up in the household because my mom stopped cooking. Um, like the garage door broke, the fence was falling apart. I was the oldest and I realized like my mom's not going to do it. I have to take that role yeah. of what yeah. my dad had. So I actually fixed the fence and it's janky. It needs, I just looked at it the other day, but I, I mean, I got it fixed. Yeah. Called somebody to get the garage door fixed. I was cooking dinner. Um, I was helping do all the laundry and stuff. And I realized like we have to grow up real fast. Yeah. said yeah. military kids have to grow up fast. And I remember being in high school and junior high and watching parts of the news and just having more of a, a reality of what's happening in the world and keeping more up to date. So I said, you know what, we need to take this common ground that we have and we need to make a program for it. So we need to take this, this common background. So our mantra ended up being unite, inspire, lead. Mm -hmm. So we ended up going to like Dove, Disney, um, had a few Olympic athletes that we got in touch with um, telling them about what we wanted to do. So we named it the Sisterhood of the Traveling BDUs, the BDUs being the old battle dress uniform that the search branches used to wear. So we kind of just presented this idea and traveled around the nation. We were on the um, CNN, uh, Fox and Friends. We were supposed to go on the Today Show and a few others, but that's the, actually the day Michael Jackson died. So we got taken off that, but we went to another couple programs. Yeah, we were on the Aisha Tyler Show. We went to a few Hollywood parties with DoSomething.org. Got a lot of sponsorships that way. Um, I used to speak a lot better. I did a lot of elevator pitches. I was real good at it. And I won a couple thousand just off of pitching my ideas to different people. That's awesome. So we ended up having our first conference in 
2010, I want to say March, and we brought over 100 girls together for free and gave them all these tools and said, hey, whether you want to just go to college, you want to start a nonprofit in your area, you want to learn how to be professional right out of high school, this is the way you do it. So we gave them a whole bunch of tools and we did like Dove Self-Esteem Project. We hooked them up with people with grants or how to make business cards, dressed to impress. And I mean, it was, it was a lot of fun. Yeah, that's pretty incredible. And this is all before, this is all stuff you did before you even joined the military yourself. I mean, that's, that's pretty impressive. And I remember um, you definitely inspired some folks at HMX to, to go down that path, the nonprofit path. And, and I would yeah. tell you, I've had guys on the show and myself included, we're all aspiring to try to develop these um, different nonprofits for these ideas that we have, man. And you did it before you did it as a, a what, basically right out of high school, right? Like, yeah, I was 14 when it started and I was 18 when it was complete. That's it was 100% good to go. That's so awesome. Is, it, is this still a running thing or um, do you know? So when I turned 18, we had to turn it all over yeah. back to the guard. Oh, well, not technically back to the guard. It was its own nonprofit, but it was under the wing of MWR. Okay. Uh, there was two other girls put in charge. I know the website's still running, but I don't know what they're yeah. doing right now. They kind of kept up to date with us, but it was kind of like they wanted us to step back and let it yeah. go. Yeah, obviously. Yeah. I mean, at some point you gotta you got you're gonna have to turn it over and something like that. Yeah. I, as the sort of deployments uh, start to drop, and you know, some of those things will turn into evolve, you know, into other things. But man, that's pretty incredible. What a mm-hmm. what a legacy. Like I, so I'm in the um, my region is part of California. I know a lot of the California Guard guys very well. That's pretty yeah. cool. Like, um, man, that's that's such such an insane accomplishment before you even go down the path yourself. I mean, that's that's pretty impressive. Oh yeah. I mean, and it's not easy. Like I, like, um, good friends of mine are, are trying very, very hard to become, um, their own nonprofit. And it's just, it's not, it's, there's a lot of stuff oh, uh, yeah. to do. Yeah. It's crazy. Legal. We have to have money to start it up. It's, it's a lot. Thankfully we had a adjutant general here in California that truly believed in us. And Maria Shriver, when Governor Schwarzenegger was still in office, believed in us. Wow. So they really pushed it and Maria Shriver actually gave us our own team to kind of work. Yeah, and those, are, those are sort of important people, you know, that, yeah. that could really help. <laughs> good to have, good to have folks like that on your side when you're, when you're mm-hmm. kicking it off. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I do, I run a, a golf tournament um, that I just, I just started just to try to raise money and give back. And I'm hoping eventually it'll turn into, you know, something along the lines of a nonprofit and oh, yeah. it's, it's inspiring though. And, and it tells you, you know, if you put your mind to it and you work hard and you care about what your idea is, you can make mm-hmm. it happen, you know? Oh yeah. Yeah. Yeah, man. Crazy. I just, I, I remember when you told me that I, I was like, are you, I mean like what? Like, you know what I mean? Like, you know, oh, I, was yeah. like, I was like a, I'm like a sergeant. Like I kind of felt like I did some impressive things like up to that point. And you're like, oh yeah, I just you know, started a nonprofit before I even joined, joined the military. I'm like, Oh, Kind of no big deal. Oh, yeah, cool. <laughs> it was, I mean, I remember you telling me. I mean, because you and I used to patrol quite a bit mm-hmm. around HMX. I'm like, yeah, it's pretty, uh, pretty incredible. I mean, I don't know. Do you, do you miss being involved in that stuff, or, or is it? Do you feel like it was time for you to kind of move on? Um, I mean, now that I don't have the perspective of a teenager, yeah, it's time for me to move on there. Um, do a lot of other things now. I think more what I do now is stuff with the Leo community. Yeah. I think it's kind of more what I'm focused on. Right. That's what I do. Um, so I, I do veterans and law enforcement officers and yeah. first responders is kind of my. Thank you. Um, and I was, I was helping with the, the newborns in need program for a while in San Bernardino. But the problem is that area is so poor. Just people don't want to volunteer. Yeah. Nothing. So I, 
I try to run it for about a year and a half, but it's just people want so much, but they don't want to give back. So it was real hard to kind of. Yeah, I mean, I've definitely noticed it's a two way street. Like you know, mm-hmm. it's a, there has to be um, the want and will on both sides. So oh yeah, challenging. It's not easy. You know, um, I don't know. So what do you? You said you focus mostly on LEO. What are, What are your um, what are your ambitions for education? Are you doing criminal justice type thing or what? Oh, no. <laughs> so I won't lie. Definitely have an ungodly amount of college credits because I've switched my degree three times. Right. Um, I, so I remember th- we were going through that when you were at HMX. You were deciding yep. on a new school and stuff. Yeah. So explain that to everybody. So when I first went, I didn't know what I wanted to do. I did general studies. I got told that the college I was going to was crap. <laughs> So it was Central Texas College, which it's it's, it's not yeah, I, bad. I got my associates through them. It's yeah. a start, it's a starting platform. It's typical. Yeah. Here, yeah. So it's not bad, but as my dad was like, if you want to go the officer route, um, he's like, you need to step up. You need to have your degree before you go that way. Because that was originally the plan. I was like, I'm going to go me up. I'll do this. So I ended up getting pregnant around that time. So that's what kind of threw everything. Um, I looked at Park University. Didn't go to them first. Uh, did a couple credits with Central Texas, yeah. then left Quantico. Obviously, tried DeVry, but DeVry was very shady with I their. Remember that. I remember yeah. the DeVry fiasco. We were trying to work out the DeVry thing. Yeah. Well, because they, they kept telling me, well, you'll know the price when you start. And it says in the contract, once you start, you can't back out. And I was like, that is shady as hell. I'm not yeah. doing that shit. So yeah. I was like, okay, well, what am I going to do? So I ended up going to Ashford um, when I got to 29 Palms. Yep. My patrol suit, well, later on, this guy. So he's not just my patrol suit. This dude's like my mentor. I love him to death. Like this is my ride or die partner. If I ever got to pick one, me and him been through some shit in 29 bombs, but he was like, well, you know, you shouldn't do law enforcement administration. He's like, you already have the police capabilities. You're already holding a watch commander's billet. You need to do something else. I was like, all right, well, what can I do? He's like, well, he's like public administration's good. A lot of police chiefs have that. And that's what I want to aspire to do is sometime either lead a department or some section of a department. Yeah, for sure. He's like, all right. So I ended up looking at the programs. Uh, I switched over, started working on it. Um, got out when I got out of the military, I was close to being finished. Still had like a year and a half left. Cause I was only doing one class at a time. Uh, went over to park university because they had a public admin with a concentration of Homeland security and was going with them. But they kind of dropped a lot of credits off. They're not a bad college. It's just yeah. kind some of give or take. Them, some of them you just have to, you, they want you to start to finish through them, you know? That's yeah. Well, I, I was looking at finishing it, but there's no campus around here. So Golden Gate University in San Francisco of all places, God help me, um, actually has a lot of veterans that go there. And they have one in public administration and management. So it's a dual. Mm. And then they have a master's in public administration with a concentration in law, uh, law enforcement ethics. And I kind of, I'm real big into community policing and reading different theories about it and watching YouTube videos about what different police chiefs talked about. And I realized kind of need to see how times are evolving and obviously policing is changing. Um, so I kind of just want to stay ahead of it and get the best degree possible for what I want to do. So no, yeah, you're left. It's funny. I love that. Cause I, so central Texas is what I did. That's what I got. I got my associates through them. Ashford. That's where I got my bachelor's. And then personally I went to Capella. It's public. Yeah. Uh, it's, uh, public service leadership, but, but you know, a little different, but emphasis, Homeland security. I love that. I love what you're doing. That's great. Uh, and you know, your rider die there. He's, he, that's some pretty savvy advice because when you're, when you're doing the job, um, you could get, you could really have a degree in basket weaving, but if, 
okay. as long as you can match your um, your actual real time uh, sort of job training with some education, you know. But obviously, mm-hmm. an, an aspiring police chief, you definitely want to have that public administration kind of background because it, it can sort of get political and you know that kind. Of, you know what I mean? Like, oh, there's I some, definitely some, noticed that. There's mm-hmm. Some other layers, other layers there that you need to um, be a little more educated on, and you're talking about. Um, bigger budgets and taxpayer dollars and different, you know, different things. So yep. obviously, obviously different layers of challenges there, but I'm, I'm happy for you. Hopefully, hopefully you'll be able to get it finished up. I, I, I wouldn't want to necessarily maybe go to school in San Francisco personally. I don't know that I, I don't fit in, trust but. me. I don't want to, <laughs> I don't want to, but it's better. All the CSUs around here, they, you know how most schools will allow you if you're a veteran to kind of jump in. I got told to pretty much get fucked until 2021 and I told, told them I'm not starting over with your school. So good luck. Uh, my sister is actually going to go there and she lost all her community college credits transferring over there. Wow. So I was like, that, it's not is, worth it. Is it a California thing? Is it just something, something about California? Or what? It's the CSUs. Yeah. The California state universities. Okay. They're just, yeah, it's, it's Sac state. It's mm, mm. they have my degree. I'm just not going to wait. Till 2021. I don't, I mean, you, I mean, it's hard to delay everything, you know what I mean? To keep delaying and, you know. Yeah. Yeah. It, That's the thing is it's working. I think working for the army, um, I started going to school. I took, started to take two classes. I did like a war and culture class and a, a FEMA class. And like, I'm, I, I thought I was pretty well versed in FEMA. And then I started taking the class and I was taking the war and culture and I was like, Oh geez. I was like, I'm a little over my head. And then next thing I know, we had a lot of people quit. I was pulling like six, seven days straight. And I was like, I cannot. I was in my patrol car with the audiobook I bought, trying to listen to it, voice text my notes and run radar or do whatever I had to do at the time. And it was just, it was hard. Yeah. Uh, FEMA class, FEMA's, FEMA's not as easy as people think, you know, no. to, to understand and to, so that's my, most of my um, focus in my education has been emergency management. So I'm pretty well versed in FEMA and I love all the um, experts on Facebook. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I just laugh. Yeah. I'm just like, man, you guys, you guys just, you really don't, you really don't understand, you know, like the whole depth of FEMA and what it really is and what it, what it's really meant for and how it's changed. And, um, but you know, it's whatever. It's, oh, God, I know. Like that I just, that's one of the things me and my husband talk about because I don't know everything. Obviously, like I tell him, I was like, I might act like it, but I don't. But when I see those stupid things on Facebook, it takes like every fiber of my being not to comment. Cause I used to comment and be like, are you stupid? And I'm like, you know what? It's not even, it's not worth my time. Let it go. Let it go. I've definitely, I've definitely seen you pipe up a couple times. There's a few times everyone's got a few things that they just can't bite their tongue on. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. you just can't, you have to say, you have to say something. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I'm so I'm the same way. And obviously like uh, what I do, partially what I do is just try to create conversation. So I'll post some outlandish shit sometimes and just see what we can get, you know, like that's part, yeah. part of it, you know? Um, and, and anytime we can generate some conversation about certain things and, but yeah, sometimes the, the stuff you get back is you're just like, are you kidding me? Like, I can't believe there are people out here that really believe some of the shit that they say. Um, shocking oh, yeah. actually and very frustrating at the same time, but you know, it's just part of it, but yeah, the Facebook yeah. experts. I don't know. My my thing now is, um, and I say it to a lot of people is like, I try not to give anyone any more power over me anymore. Yeah. And like, I'm learning that. Like, it's just not worth um, scrolling through Facebook, a free app on your phone, and getting fired up over it. It's just not. Yeah. Worth, you know? See, until I think one of the things I learned is 
here and there I'll say something only because maybe the one thing I say might change one mind and that mind might change somebody else, but I'm not going to argue. I'm yeah. not going to sit there and argue. I might say my one piece and I'll leave it at that. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I yeah. mean, no, you're right. Because if there, if you can impact, if, you know, if it's, it's what we learned in the Marines. If you can impact mm-hmm. one, you can influence a hundred. Right. So, oh, yeah. you know, and I'm all about that and it matters, but um, it's not worth, um, you know, getting hyper stressed and mm-hmm. you know I mean, there's too much other way more important shit going on in life that, I mean, it's just like, yeah, I mean, for a little while there, like when I, like, I'm not gonna lie, like I got sucked into some politics and like Bernie Sanders was like, oh, yeah, dude, yeah, I was like, ah! like for me personally, like I'm sure he's a good dude. I bet he's well-intentioned, but everything he stands for is against anything that I'm interested in personally. Yep. I don't know. Me too. I don't care who follows him. I, I, I don't, it doesn't bother me. We're free to do that. But for me personally, it was like, whoa, um, yeah. it's not something I was interested in. And like, I was getting like way fired up. I was getting triggered over shit. Yeah. Like this is stupid. This is actually triggered here. Yeah. Mean, oh, California is very hard to be in right now. It's probably, well, what was it? Tell me a little bit about that. Like, how was it when you were growing up? You probably weren't really tapped into too much of this kind of stuff, but now that you've sort of been away and lived life and like, uh, what's Cali like now? Uh, I tell my mom, like, you need to leave. My dad wants to leave. He's been applying to other places, but I just, it's just something is looking at like my dad get the way he's getting taxed right now. It's probably insane. Yeah, it is. And it's like, I see how hard he works and this with this COVID stuff. He works for the national guard. Still, he does emergency management is what he's doing. And he works with the armed corps engineers. And he's on conference calls constantly. They're talking about what they're doing with the homeless and armories. And I'm like listening to things he talks about and I see how hard he works. And then just to find out like, Oh, they want to take your tax dollars and give it to illegals. They want to go do this. I'm like, they don't even take care of their own people. They don't take care of their own businesses. And they're going to take care of everybody else. And I see people like my dad and other people that worked hard for years. He's been employed over 38 years with them and they're struggling and it kills me. You know what's crazy is like California is maybe the one of the one of the more beautiful places in the in the whole country. And it is, and it's and, sad. And it's insane to me like what happens there. And and the the worst part is for me is like there you're not the only one in California who believes the way you believe. Like there's a ton of people yeah. in California who believe the same thing and they're actually like it's it's almost like like you're closeted, you know, in your beliefs in California because it's not worth trying to be yourself like it's it's insane oh, yeah. i mean i i actually i i love california i don't i don't like a lot of californians that i've come across because we you can't find any common ground with them with many of oh, them yeah. and and like it's just such a beautiful place and i don't know i mean i know a lot of people are leaving california like there are, it sounds like uh many are leaving and it's gonna kind of you, know, you know don't break grandma sissy's chair she's going to tan your hide okay that's fine just don't break them it sounds like California is going to go through a little turnover and, and have to change. Um, but it, it needs you know, to. you're from California. That's not going to be your forever type home though. Oh no. I, I won't lie. As soon as I got to Missouri, I was like, what's Missouri residency? Like made the requirements. I was like, I'm a Missouri resident. Got rid of my California residency. So I did. I did the same thing. I did the same thing with New York once I had a, mm-hmm. and then I did it again. Or actually I may have maintained it in Missouri. When I got to Virginia, I changed my, my New York stuff. I got, I got rid of it because it was yeah. New York is, you know, the East coast version of California, obviously. So, yeah. and they taxed the shit out of you and all the stuff. And yeah. <sighs> yeah. Oh, you got, you got $400 back last year. Let me tax 20% of that. It's like, 
<laughs> what uh so what's like your husband's active duty now he's in lejeune what's the what's the plan well he's in fort leonardwood right now oh is he waiting yeah waiting because the travel ban okay so he's waiting where's lejeune was he, yeah. an, was he an instructor there mm-hmm. mp instructor yeah yeah i i spent some time there doing that what yeah, uh, i know <laughs> what uh like so what he's what he got orders and he's just waiting for the band to lift right yeah, he was supposed to, his no earlier in the date, which he was going to report was June 1st. He was going to take leave in May. Um, the travel ban was May 15th, and it just was pushed back to June 30th. And they said every 15 days they'll reevaluate. So I think, it's constantly changing. I kind of feel like it might open up a little sooner. Um, I think you may see it middle of May open up where they yeah. can maybe hopefully at least go on leave. But, um, man. Yeah, I hope so. It's, it's, if you really think of what this has done, like, it's almost hard to even scratch the surface because you're just one little tiny drop in the bucket of across the entire military of everything that's just got stalled. You know, mm-hmm. it's just stalled. Like all yeah, these well, plans and all these, it's insane if you think about it, you know. It's not just military. It's all federal contractors and everyone, civilians too. Everyone, yeah. everything is just absolutely ground to a halt. Like, yeah. I, had, I mean, it, I had a couple small business trips like for work, for my work, but like for me, it's like whatever. Just cancel them, you know, it's not a big deal. Um, but man, there are so many moving pieces of, you know, think of all the people that were going to try to PCS like over. Yeah. You know oh, I mean? yeah. Those are massive. I knew a couple guys. Oh, yeah. We knew a couple guys are like that. Yeah. Massive, massive moves that just can't happen now or just are delayed months. Like, can, yeah. you imagine, can you imagine the people who, like, were told, no, you can't leave, but their stuff was already sent to, like, the other place? Yeah. And that's so that's something that I was talking to him about because I, I don't want to stress him out, but he's got a class on deck and he can't really detach from it, but he needs to, but he's still there. And I told him, I said, have you even talked to DMO? And he's like, not yet. And I was like, okay. You know, I'm like, well, have you done this? Have you talked to S1? He's like, uh, not yet. And I'm like, I, I don't want to be overbearing, yeah. but I'm nervous for him. Yeah. And we're trying to see each other at least once. And I don't even know if that's going to happen because his family's from Vegas and we we're going to meet in Vegas, but it's just kind of playing everything by ear. And I'm not really a good person for that. Yeah. So I'm kind of, I'm learning how to be very patient with this right now. You're going to have to be. Yeah. Yeah. You yeah. are, you are very, very organized and disciplined in how you approach things. I remember that about you. I'm a planner. Has be, <laughs> this has to be hard. I mean, it'll work. It'll work out. You know, it's just one of those things that um, in my experience, like times like these are just going to make you a stronger person in the future. You know, it'll help mm-hmm. with you know, raising your son and, doing the college thing and, and all that stuff. And uh, you'll be, you'll be fine. It's just, it's, if you really, if you really start peeling back some of the layers of what, what this whole situation has caused, it's crazy. Yeah. I mean, you just got to be thankful that you have a place to be your home with your boy. You're safe. It's healthy. Oh, I am. Yeah. yeah I've just, oh, man, I watched like the unemployment numbers and I'm seeing how everybody on Facebook's trying to, and this is sad too, just watching people on Facebook marketplace trying to sell stuff out of their house just to stay afloat. It's right. like, what's the, what are the restrictions like in California? it's oh man uh where i'm at i'm in sacramento so i'm near the capital um it's i heard it before they did it i heard a rumor only because i had friends on the guard that were saying hey we got orders stand by so i went grocery shopping right away just because yeah i'm not gonna have nothing in the house so i went grocery shopping because there's there's five adults that live here so it started out with you can't do this like non-essential businesses, so nail salons and everything shut down. Now it's, I think only like Target and Walmart are open and there's lines way out the doors for them to even get in. If you're caught, like even sitting at the park, you can't play on the playgrounds at all. But even like going on the grass, the cops will stop and be like, what are you doing? 
and you have to you have to say something on like exercising or something if you just say well i'm out whatever they're gonna tell you to go home because you can get fined i think it's 50 to a thousand dollars right now yeah. i want to say it's kind of sad like so some of the blue states are doing that and some of the red states are not like there is an <laughs> obvious difference um in a political approach to how they're how they're handling uh these lockdowns oh yeah it's crazy yeah and i'm like i'm not i'm not a medical professional but it's just some of the stupidity i see is kind of irritating it's like if you if you want to tell people to do this you need to give them more information i feel that way like yeah. like seeing all the gloves on the ground and seeing stuff like that what people are doing it's like if you won't if you tell people to wear gloves you tell them to wear masks you need to give them something like don't be doing this with the gloves don't be doing this throw your trash away because yeah, i won't lie like i've seen too many people walk around the store with gloves on right and yes they'll leave, they'll leave the store they'll get in their car and light a cigarette yeah or touch your face or touch with, food the gloves <laughs> with the gloves on like you're like what yeah. are you doing uh and then like so i spent a long time go and somebody took their gloves off I spent, a, I spent a long time in Japan and, mm-hmm. and it's a very common thing in Asia in Asian cultures for them to wear a mask when they don't feel good. And it's not mm-hmm. to protect them from you. It's, it's, it's so that they don't spread shit to you. To you. They're, yeah. they're, they're, they're doing you a favor, mm-hmm. but to put a mask on and suggest you're not going to get sick just because you have a mask on, I feel like it's inaccurate. And, oh, yeah. I, and I was just saying like, listen, I'm not going to wear a mask. I'll wear one when I don't feel good. If I don't feel good, I'll wear a mask to prevent any spreading of things from me to you. Um, oh, yeah. And a lot of stores here now are implementing that. Like um, like Nugget, the other day, I went there to go get my mom salad dressing, of all things. <laughs> my mom's floofy. And they're like, oh, you need a mask. And I was like, okay. Well, like, so they I went. They wouldn't let you in without a mask? No. Wow. <laughs> and I was like, so I could put anything on my face? Does it have to be a mask? And like, you can put anything as long as it's covered. And I was like, okay, well, I won't be a smart ass just because I don't need a picture taken of me. Yeah. So I actually went, I have an SA, SA company. I have a couple of their face shields. Someone put a face shield on and got her stupid dressing. Wow. But no, it's like, I was at Home Depot. I watched this lady, this, I'm, I'm vocal. Like I am vocal as I'll get up and yeah. I try to be respectful, but sometimes it's just got to come out. She took her gloves off, threw it on the ground. I was like, oh yeah, that's really helping the environment on Earth Day. And also you're just helping spread it if you have something. Thanks for doing that. So somebody else has to pick up your trash. I guess it's been a thing. I, I mean, I haven't personally seen it, but I guess there's parking lots like littered. Oh yeah, with littered. It's here. It's bad here. I mean, I don't get it. I don't understand. Like I, when you think of like the, there's just such a, I'm not suggesting people in this country are stupid. They're not. It's just, it's a common sense thing. Like common sense is just not, it doesn't exist anymore. Like, no, it doesn't. I don't know. I mean, no, it's something I, as easy as flushing the toilets in a public restroom before you leave. It's stuff like that. That just irritates the crap out of me. It's a common courtesy thing, really. I mean, mm-hmm. to, to other people and people around you and um, yeah, man, I don't, I don't get it. Like, it's it's super super fun. I've seen some wild shit. Like people, it's like, like you don't you don't realize like um or like a big meme that's floating around right now is like folks are riding around in a car by themselves with masks on. Masks on. Yeah, I see it everywhere here. It's like like you're 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 what are you doing? What are you protecting? Yeah. What what is that? What's going on there? You know, like, <laughs> I don't I don't I don't. No, get my it. sister, yeah, she points it out because she lives here and she'll go. Oh, she's like, oh, look at that idiot. <laughs> I just don't. I don't get it. Like. And if you want to wear a mask, wear a mask, but wear it when it's really going to be beneficial to you, most appropriate. People understand they need fresh air. Like if you're taking a walk and you're walking your dog, take the mask off so you can breathe fresh air. Yeah, you're not around your house. You're not around anyone that's got droplets of anything to spread to you. Like it it makes, it doesn't make sense. Like, so listen, my my whole stance on this whole thing has been, uh, I I never thought it was going to be as, as bad as they said it was going to be. And I don't think, but also I'm, 
I, I told you I'm an emergency management type guy. I want to overreact rather than underreact, but I, I know I know two years from now we're going to look back and be like, whoa, that was way too heavy-handed. Um, and I think the numbers will support that. Uh, obviously, though, this is a highly, highly contagious thing. It's it's a lot more contagious than than we've seen in the past. And you know, it's scary. It's it's definitely scary for people um, because it's a new thing. But yeah, man, I think we've we've really upset a lot of things. You know. Over, that's what I'm worried over, about. Over something that maybe wasn't going to be as big a deal as mm-hmm. it turned out to be. But, you know, yeah. um, there's there's underlying factors. I think our, the world was lied to. Uh, I think um, there's been a lot of misinformation and, you know, almost campaigns of it that have made people make decisions that otherwise maybe they wouldn't have. I, don't, I mean, I don't know. We'll see. And, and it yeah. sounds like, you know, you're you're caught up in the middle of it with the whole situation. Oh, yeah. But hey, I'll come out. Anyone through it, it's you for sure. So. Sit with you. I'll sit with you in a minute. I told you we have the rest of the day. Where, how about you get out of pajamas? You're in fleece pajamas and it's like 70 degrees outside. No? Okay. <laughs> what's the weather like there? What'd you say? 70, 70, 80s. In NorCal, huh? What, what's it like in SoCal? What's that? What's it like in SoCal? Do you know? Uh, I have no idea. We're like in the 60s ish here in Utah. Like, yeah. We're, we're starting to kind of come out of the other side of the, the kind of weather break here. But. Well, well, I definitely passed through Utah when on my way here and stopped at Black Rifle Coffee Company, and it was amazing. <laughs> you were right in the city then, huh? Yeah. Nice. Good for you. Yeah. I actually, awesome. I haven't been there. I haven't been there to see it. That's it's pretty right, neat. It's right down the road, and I've never gone there. But mm-hmm. all right, kid. So I want to say thank you for your service, and thank you for everything you do. You're a pretty incredible human. Like with all the, just the you, you strike me as the type of person who bites off way more than you can chew. But you, can't, you handle it every single time, and I, I admire that. So, thank you. Any uh, any last thoughts? What do you think? You got anything? Honestly, I just people take the time to soak it up with their families while they can. Yeah. I mean, I somebody was telling me the other day that people spend an average of seven full days with their family a year, and I think this is an opportunity to actually take that time to yeah. meet their families. Yeah. Yeah, for yeah. sure. I mean, that's what I'm, I'm, I, I've been trying to advocate for that. You know, I'm, I got the, I'm generating my own honeydew list, you know, like my wife isn't <laughs> telling me or making me do anything, but I have yeah. to, you know me, I'm like, let's do it. Let's oh, do yeah. stuff. We got to do stuff. I'm like, about to say you are, you're all, oh, okay, let's, okay, let's do this. <laughs> want to do stuff and like, but I'm, I'm doing a lot of these things with my kids, with my, like, I'm, I'm right there with you. Like, yeah. hopefully everybody can stay healthy, stay safe and, and just learn to reappreciate what we have in this life, you know? Mm-hmm. and you know the hard times for folks like everybody's got levels of hard times but you know they'll pass we'll get through it and you know you'll get your degree done and you'll get your family back together and you know what i mean yeah all right so i, w- I hope uh you'll come back on i, I gotta say uh, you're um i think you're our, other than my wife you're our first mama that's come on the show oh wow okay so, definitely i I think um like i said it, it underscores like how um tough it is to do the things that you're doing and 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 you've always done them well and like i said i admire that so thank you yeah let's get you back on we'll uh if we get a good topic where we need to vent we'll we'll get a good vent because i know i can get more out of you than you know i think oh yeah you can you're a little little polite on this one which i get but next time (laughs) next time we'll get going okay sounds good thank you we'll stay in touch and uh you know wish everybody wish everybody um health and happiness tell your husband to keep grinding i know what it's like to be an instructor and you know I keep, will keep doing the thing, you know. Yeah. Bye. You. Bye. 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 Now. Yeah, say bye. All right. Take care, guys. Thanks. You too. Bye. 
What it do, Boo? Were you recording? I am recording now. Oh. <laughs> Lorraine Coons. Yes. How are you doing? I'm doing good. Speaking of the microphone, please. Sorry. There you go. We have a new setup now, and I haven't been on it. Is that better? I think so, yeah. Okay. Yeah, we changed everything in here, didn't we? You haven't been on here for a, a while. A couple times. Yeah, a couple times. But you haven't been on here for a while with me. Yeah. I like what you have set up now. You have all the guys and you just like Cody's new. So it's. We even got it, Doug back. Yes. A little bit. Yeah. I mean, you know, but um, it's nice to see you guys doing your own thing. Yeah. We love having you on, though. All of us do, actually. One day we need to you do. You can a, only speak from you, though. No, they've mentioned it. And if you ever read our debrief, they write it. I read the debrief, every single debrief, and I love it. We're doing big things. Yeah, this setup's cool. I like it in here. I definitely get a better view, so. You're welcome. Well, you actually forced that change, didn't you? No, I didn't. Yeah, but like we never, you never wanted, I don't know, whatever. I was always in the same corner, which was fine. And then we had to make your desk work a little bit better. Yeah. What we was did. that? I unplugged my headphones. Oh. <laughs> Sorry. I'm trying to get comfortable because I'm normally looking this way, staring into the abyss, as Tony says, or now I'm looking this way. So we have like cross cover on the mountains and stuff. Like yes. You can see the nice ones. But I, I get can, the better net mountains Oh, yeah. You this get time. way better ones. <laughs> <sighs> I introduced you as Lorraine Coons. My whole life, that that has been my not given name. Lorraine? Because people are just too dis- lazy. Do you want to dispel that? Let's describe that for a minute. So my name is Lori Ann, and it's literally L-O-R-I-A-N-N-E, but people get lazy when they get to the R. White people. And assume... White people. That's, no, I've had other people <laughs> do it. White people. Um, the guy at Olive Garden. Anyways... Um, yeah, they see the R and it's Lorraine automatically. And I hate that name, but that's been my, my name my whole life has been Lorraine Roxas. <laughs> Roxas, yeah, so your maiden name is R-O-X-A-S. Rojas, yes. Rojas. Roxas. But now... Just, just for giggles, say your maiden name, please, your middle name. For your giggles? hmm It's Kakondangan. <laughs> I've, mean, tr- I've tried, I can't. It can. means to blame. I don't know how many years it's been, how many, what, 14 years this year? I don't know how many years I've tried to say it, but I've never gotten any better. <laughs> the kids can't do it either. What, I, I probably didn't even acknowledge that middle name until we got married and it changed. And I had a sign. Yeah. <laughs> and like I've never, I've never been able to even come close. No. Ever. Mm-mm. Not even a little bit. Doesn't bother me. I don't even try anymore. No. Other than to make fun of me or the way it sounds. It's the NG sound. Mm. I can't do that. Oh. It's like impossible. And that's a prominent sound in your language. Anyways, so my last name changed to Coon and everybody magically adds an S on there. Well, they've been doing that to me my whole life too. So now it's my whole life. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Have I, ever, I don't think I've ever told the boot camp story where they put Junior on my name tag. So it's C-O-O-N-J-R. Coon-J-R. So everyone called me Coonjer. Yeah. And that followed me for a couple years around the I think that's pretty fucking cool. 
terrible. And I actually got beat up by the, not like physically beat up, but the drill instructors, oh, I want to be a fucking junior now, huh? They were like, they would fuck with me like it was my fault. It was stupid. Well, did you I was, get to I was ma- Yeah, I did. It, was okay. it wasn't my fucking fault. <laughs> you take everything personally at boot camp. It wasn't my fault. <laughs> yeah, I was told, like, you should sign, you're a junior, you should sign all the paperwork as Coon Jr. So I did. And then I had to spend a lot of money on all my name tapes getting it fixed. It was terrible. <laughs> stupid. You're triggered. No, I was then. I don't care now, but <laughs> it was annoying. Whatever. <laughs> Lorraine Coons. It doesn't bother me now. It's been years. So it's just like it's just eye rolling. But like I literally You're told like, the guy, oh. he goes, I didn't "What's you, your name?" You actually announced it. Right? I was you like, said it. Lorianne Coons. Yeah. And he goes, "Lorraine Coons." Yeah. Like it doesn't even sound. Like actually, the same. no, that's not what I said. I no. actually said Lorianne Coon. <laughs> And like they, it doesn't matter. They hear they, they just force the S or they force Lorraine. Like if you read your name quick, I get it. But you know, well, I mean, when we first met, you misspelled the shit out of my name. Did I? And that's also annoying too because Lori, for whatever reason, is spelled L A U R I E. Oh yeah. In my defense on that, though, I have a lot of I have like many family members and/or friends that are some version of Lori, Laura. You know what I mean? Yeah. So like, yeah. Cause you get like you can spell it L A U R I E. I've never seen it spelled yeah. that way. Because like that's how you say Laura, you know. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. It's Laura. Mm-hmm. But someone who's someone's whose root name is Laura, if they call if they refer to themselves as Lori, which many of them do, yeah, that's how they would spell it because of their root name. That uh, yeah, that's weird. It's strange. Maybe that's just me being uncultured. Name conventions know. are fucking weird. <laughs> but then you know we have our kids and we spell it. <laughs> Completely different. Mm-hmm. So I mean, well, yeah, like we Marcus, we don't use a C. No, M- even e- most people um, in this here in the states, if it was Marcus, it's M A R C U S. We we leave the K because his real name is Mark, like me, and we spell it with a K, not a C. Yeah, no, nobody calls little. Pretty sure Mark. that's the Bible way, isn't it? With a C? No, with a K. With a K, yeah. yeah. So I'm, I'm guessing. I mean, if you're into that kind of thing, I'm sure they're right. Right? No? I don't know. Nah. Whatever. What do you think uh what do you think of the episode? I liked it. I listened to it actually while I was doing my work. Mm-hmm. And she's like we're all hard hit by like schedules and her so her situation is unique in that she's she's not with her husband. Her husband's actually an instructor in Fort Leonard Wood. And trying to PCS so, at yes, the moment. Yes, and so they're separated <laughs> at the time. But yeah. nobody's going anywhere because Dude. fucking COVID. So, I, I mean, you know what's, what's crazy to me is, like, it, that's all a big-ass fucking surprise to me. Because, like, just the other day, I feel like, I, I, you know, I don't know how often she posts, but, you know, whatever. I mean, I feel like it was just not too long ago that she's like, yeah, I, I'm, uh, you know, a sergeant at this uh, police department or whatever in Fort Leonard Wood. And, I get on here with her, and all of a sudden she's in California, and everything has changed. Right. So, like, yeah, it's it's crazy. But, I mean, you know, people's uh, social media are highlight reels. You don't see a lot of the stuff in between. Right. And she's going through a ton of stuff, man. Like, um, like it's one of those so cases. Yeah, it. it's one of those cases where um, you're like, holy shit, this person and their family is actually, while they may not be sick, are, like, deeply impacted by this mm-hmm. COVID thing. Like, it may take them a while to get right. Well, because everybody right now, everybody's life is on pause. Yeah. You know, until we can figure it out or 
you know, learn to live with COVID because it's not going anywhere. We have to learn how to live with it. Mm-hmm. And so it's just, you know, finding ways to adapt. Yeah, crazy. Because I mean, you, you have to move forward with it. It's not, you know, it's it's here. Well, I think I mentioned in the episode, but what I can say is my time spent with um spent with her is like I can she's highly adaptable. She's a good kid. Always That's has been. That's because she's a military brat yeah. just like me. Yeah, for real. Like, you know, like yeah. that helps you. Um I I remember when I first met her like at HMX or re-met her, I guess you could say cuz you don't always you don't always you meet a lot of students but you don't necessarily meet them. I remember you telling me about a student who got a cyst that burst and needed surgery. Different girl. Oh, it is? Yeah. She's another one? I think this this thing she mentioned happened a different like while she was at work. I'm just that's crazy. Yeah. Well, I think it's the trauma that they put their bodies through to be honest. Yeah. Um I mean, it happens to female athletes all the time and and that's basically what a lot of these Marines are, you know. Or what they're well, asking their the bodies strain. to do. Yeah. Yeah. Especially the load-bearing stuff, but um I I uh, it seems to be a bit of a common problem for like military police types. And I think well, it has something to do with the gear, with, like, the way you're sitting yeah. in the gear and stuff. Um, I think uh, it amplifies, might I say, like feminine problems, you know, f- problems that females may have anyways. And it just makes it worse, you know, things that men can't have. Right. Like we, we don't have cysts on ovaries. It doesn't. It's not within us to do that. Yeah. So, yeah. No, that was a different Marine. That was actually, if you remember, Nate, that was his ex that that happened to. We had to oh. we had to take her home and clean her up and yeah or let her get we didn't physically <laughs> clean her up but we pulled yeah, her out of the field so bad. she could take care of herself yeah and then we had to I, I remember we had to get some two jarheads in there trying to help her get like hygiene products and stuff it was like what the fuck kind of weird but no it's all good <laughs> I think that was with Gabe you remember Gabe that was mm-hmm. the class that I was with Gabe yeah crazy yeah Kylie's always been kind of always had her shit together she's highly adaptable she's been through a lot. Um, and it sounds like even as a kid, I think that was one of the craziest conversations I've ever had with a Marine. Is like she's like, oh yeah, I just you know, it's very nonchalantly like, yeah, I started a nonprofit when I was a kid. Okay, so I, I like, listened what? to that and I was like, what is the fucking National Guard doing to help the children of National Guardsmen? Because I was a, I'm a Navy brat. Mm-hmm. My dad was in the military for 26 years, and I never felt like I couldn't my friend like there was always something going on and she mentioned mwr too we had mwr we had tiger cruises we could go on on the ship for a week and go out to sea with our parents you know and Mm -hmm. i know growing up i remember when i moved to okinawa they had like little junior marine programs for all the little kids out there you know i and i was like what she this child brought it to her father you know and was like, why do we just do this once a year? Why can't we do this more? Yeah. And I was like, what? What do they? What do? What do they do for you guys? Yeah, I don't so understand. I, there were just there was just so much opportunity for me to connect with other military children, overseas and um, Conus, you know, to do things together so that we could relate and be together and share our experiences together. So you don't feel alone. Yeah. You know, I just don't. But I I thought. It's amazing for a teen or teenager to go, well, you know what? This needs to be done. And so, she fucking did it, you know? Yeah, I can't speak to every single um, 
national guard right because every state has one but what i can say is like there are definitely guys we even have guys in the utah guard that live in arizona right so these they, they may be up. yeah man they drive they fly some of them you know um phil was in the national guard right he would oftentimes one of his units uh one of his first platoons was in blanding and he lived up here in the city that's seven hours away so i mean it, to, so in that perspective um your, your guys could be coming from all over the place i'm sure there's a proximity thing in california um and you got to you know it's one week in a month that they go drill so the families aren't always together necessarily so i'd like to i i wish i i missed an opportunity to ask her some deeper questions about what you're talking about um but i i mean in that regard that's probably and and she's okay, talking so in, in the understand time frame the, the once a week thing. the time frame that she's talking about um I think a lot of, it goes over it's lost on a lot of people that the guard and some of the reserve units were deploying at a much higher rate maybe than folks realize right like a lot of people think that they're legitimately reserves and they're sort of late to the game uh, Iraq and Afghanistan kind of changed that because we were rolling in so many assets you know so uh, I don't know we'll get her back maybe and, and try to clarify some of that but yeah it's um, nonetheless though she sees the opportunity and for real. Well, it sounds like it for a while it lasted after her too. Which I think that's the most important thing is um when you make an impact like that you want it to last. It, it should you want it to survive you, you know, which I thought Right. It sounds like um while she did some pretty big and incredible things it it lasted, you know. It sort of survived the moment at least for a time being. Yeah, afterwards. Yeah. What's interesting, I know a lot of the guys in the California Guard too. I'm not I saying remember you said I'm that. not saying I met her dad, but um um, you know, I don't know, maybe. Yeah, crazy. I remember, and what was cool too is though she was able to mentor um some other Marines at HMX in regards to nonprofits because there, you know, some Marines that were trying to do some things mm-hmm. with some at risk youth and stuff in DC. So that's a good place to do it. It's sad. Those kids, it. yeah, and you know, there, she was. You know, I think orders popped up, so I don't know if she ever was able to reach that ambition that marine actually lives here now in utah oh yeah west valley mm-hmm. yeah she was trying to work with at at risk youth that like ages out of foster you know un, you know un, the, unfortunately the like un, the older you get in, basically the older you yeah. get in foster care the less likely you are to be adopted yeah. and eventually you time out so um she was working on trying to set some stuff up i know she she personally used to spend a lot of time up there but um her and kaylee used to try to figure that out you know and, and like i don't know how in-depth they went but um a lot of the same components that she put into her nonprofit in california were the same type of skills that those kids would need you know yeah so it was cool yeah i mean and obviously starting a nonprofit is not easy no you know and i have i literally i have adult friends right now that are like struggling to get that off the ground you know like robbie and you know, he's you know he's he's doing it on his own. You could pay someone a lot of money to help you set it up, but mm-hmm. to build one on your own is and to maintain it. Yeah, it's very challenging. Right. Yeah. Right. So it's exciting. It's crazy what you learn about people, what they're what they want to do, what they're capable of. You know, it's interesting. But what do you think about like um how how is it for when you hear it like so she's our second female veteran that's come on. And, like, you have an interesting perspective. I mean, you weren't in the military, but you've lived the military for a very long time. I was a dependopotamus. No, no you weren't. (laughs) 
But like, what is it? How, what's your take when you hear about like a female veteran like trying to be a mom, trying to be in the military? I think it's harder. To, yeah, because you are expected, and like I, I think I've said this on other shows. Um, my mom used to tell me when we were little, "Hey, your papa, join the military first. Military is always first, and then we come second. And so I've always. That's that's just how it's always been for us because you guys are on twenty seven twenty four seven call, and when you add motherhood to that, they still expect you to be there. Like your kid does not come first, mm-hmm. you know. And um, I think it's it is. I mean, we want to be seen as equals, but it's just it's not even the same. It's not even kind of the same. Like we expect you. To where I mean, I think that's why men get it so easy that they're not um, expected to stay home mm-hmm. with a child afterwards. They're they're not expected to take paternity leave. Although I think that might be changing a little bit now, so, the culture towards that. But yeah. she, you know, she had to make a decision what was best for her family, and and unfortunately, you know, she they're not going to help her out. She had a, I I don't remember she I don't think she got the extended time. You get 6 weeks before you're back and then you get x amount of time um before you're you you they're like well you have to run this PFT. Like that's yeah. always the benchmark especially in the marine so um but Yeah, what she say she was cleared at six and a half weeks from her doctor and she and then had you to have go X there. amount of time yeah. to get it done. You'd yeah. be at tip top shape. And then you they you know, I think the fucking craziest part is like they have to make height and weight again. Yeah. And the stri- those standards in the Marine Corps are fucking strict as fuck and they don't care what you did in between, you know. Mm-hmm. They could give a fuck less if you had a baby. That's baffling to me. And I think she 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 mentioned a pretty high number on how much she put on, you know, as far as being a mama. And, and she is not a big woman. Like, she, you know, yeah. she's tall, but she's very thin-framed. And, um, yeah, man, uh, I mean, I don't know. Uh, it's sad because it's like, as a mom, it's like you choose family and my career takes a backseat. Yeah. And I, I have to put things on hold, yep. you know. And, it, and when you think about it, it's like, well, when I finally get back out there, I'm – I can't compete with these kids coming out of college. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's you could do all you want and you know, it, that doesn't happen to men very often. It's no. just, it's, it's social pressures. Like also, also on defense of, of men, you know, um, you are expected to provide for your family, mm-hmm. you know? And if it, for us, so for our family situation, it, it's better for me to stay at home and have the little job that I have because our kids are so busy with school and everything and we don't have to pay childcare. Mm-hmm. You know how fucking expensive it's I it's an arm and a leg. It's like college. Yeah. You know? And it just we've just been able to work it out. That's what works for us. You know? And it's you just have to do what's right for your family. She did. She chose family, you know. Mm-hmm. And and I hate because I you guys talked about this. You went to recruiting and they fucked you over. And they gave them two B billets, both active duty, and said, well, fucking deal with it. It's, I, I just, I, that's just mind boggling. It was their mistake. Shocking. Yeah. Just like it, it was a mistake. They, so, you know? I mean, basically, an administrative error forced them to decide. Um, right. What, you know, what was, what was going to be more important, you know? 
That that's so that's unfortunate. Shame. Yeah, it's a shame. Unfortunate. Yeah, it's not right. But they won't. They won't take responsibility. It's you're the one who's getting fucked over. They don't care because they'll just find somebody else to replace you. You know. Yeah. And it's it's like, can you imagine if you give a little bit of ounce of care, just a little bit, the performance of everyone across the board? I'm just saying, you know, if you could just care just a little bit. Yeah. Or try to help somebody out just a little bit. Goes a long way, man. You'd, you'd be, it'd be a better core, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. Well, it's like Cody, my guy Cody. Yeah. Cody used to work for Kaylee, so. Um, oh. If if we decided to um, call leadership and and get stupid, like it ultimately probably would have at that time, I think would have fell on her shoulders. I could be wrong. I'm pretty sure she was running. Um, while she was um, going through her pregnancy and stuff, she you, there's a, comes a time where you shouldn't be in gear anymore. Obviously, no, yeah. And yeah. the materials that we use to clean weapons are harmful. So um, it's a challenging to to a, a pregnant woman. They're harmful. Right. Yeah. So it's a challenging time for a woman in the military, especially military policemen. And you know, it's sad. Then you get discriminated upon. It can, because it can happen. People will go, "Well, she's pregnant." Well, as military, like yeah, because honestly, it's a know? it's a real thing. It happens to women and men as military policemen. Mm-hmm. If for whatever reason you can't put gear on. You immediately get ostracized, you know, because you're you're basically not doing, you know, not doing what people believe you're supposed to do. Um, yeah, I believe she was running the RFI at the time. We could clear it, clarify it with Cody later. He'll probably giggle when this episode comes out. Um, but it's funny the connections, you know, that you have with people and how the team is built. And I was I was just really glad. Like I put out an open call. And I've done it in the past. And, I saw that. And I saw that she kind of mentions stuff sometimes, and it was cool to see her step out and want to jump on and do it. Because um, I think she's, um, how can I say, I think she's a very outgoing person, and that's her personality. But also, um, for whatever reason, um, sometimes is in very reserved, maybe where she doesn't need to be, you know. But depending on what is going maybe on in her life. Maybe she's just being smart. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe like you know isn't in her element at the moment or something you know i don't know when i knew her she at at hmx she was very outgoing very happy very um very cool kid and when i hear people say like oh i'm a little shy about doing this or that i'm like what really like i know you you know i think it's the fact that they're i don't know it's very natural to just sit and talk sometimes it's hard to talk about yourself though because like what all these incredible things that she's done in her mind, it's like, well, you know, I just did it. Yeah, you know what? I, but I mean, it's you no know, big deal. That's the hallmark <laughs> of of solid Marines. You know, they like they don't really, they don't. It takes them. It takes a lot of Marines many many years to look back and realize like what they were actually doing. Well, she was a well raised mil- military child. Yeah, that's too, true so. too. Yeah, so she, you know, it's definitely something she was used to. But the way she talks and carries herself, it's. You know, I tell you, like there. we've obviously had a lot of veterans on here, but the perspective you get from from your lady veterans is almost 180 degrees different. Like, um, that's because women see the world different. Well, the, they're also forced into so many different situations, you know? And you know what? She can adapt and overcome. Yeah. You know? Yeah. No, she was very good at it. I, I got to say one time, one time it was kind of funny thing. Like I was taking hydroxy. Um, what's that shit called? Hydroxy cut, the water cut pills. Oh yeah. And it, and it, when you sweat on that stuff, it makes you stink super bad. Um, so I went for a run one time and like, <laughs> like I just stunk awful. And I remember she was like, what? Like, <laughs> then, so my gunny later was like, feel free to set yourself on fire. 
but she was like, it was bad. And I'm like, holy fuck. Like, I didn't realize it. Like, these pills were making me smell just, like, awful. It was so bad. Like, it was it was just coming out, like, the way you would stink. And um, I remember she was like, this is awful. <laughs> like, like, I was like, set yourself on fire. And I remember I, after that, like, I realized what it was, and I stopped taking them. It was disgusting. Like, I don't know, something, <laughs> I don't know if it was me or if other people have had that problem, but it was it was awful. It was so bad. Was this when you were trying to cut bad? Uh, no, I was. it was in between. I was trying to get to a place where I didn't have, I was trying to assist, you know, in between cuts so I didn't have to cut as hard the next time, mm. you know. But that, that shit just it makes your body worse, really. And it dehyd- obviously dehydrates you, so then you're chasing, you know, whatever. God, like for the last six months in Virginia, you were dehydrated. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I was struggling <laughs> to keep up, you know. I was just exhausted. But you know what's funny is when we look back on this, those pictures – you don't look big at oh, all. Oh, dude, the standards are so bad. Like, <laughs> obviously, I, I mean, when I was 200 pounds, you know. But you don't. It, 210 don't pounds, and to Marine Corps standards, like, you're fat. Well, I like, mean, really, your dude? height didn't help you. You know, like, you're, I'm like, fucking, are you kidding me? Now, obviously, I'm way bigger than that now, but I far eclipsed that. That's because you're happy now. I'm like, now. look, motherfucker, now I'm fat. This is fat. <laughs> you know, but, yeah. That was a fun. I just was. Uh, we didn't talk about it. She probably didn't know I was on hydroxy cut or whatever. Most people didn't. But jeez, here's um, your chance to apologize. Yeah, sorry about that. <laughs> <laughs> I remember Hicks was sitting next to me. He's like, "What?" <laughs> to her, and I'm like, "I was just like, yeah." Oh, he didn't notice. No, yeah, I'm sure he did. But oh. he's a dude. Like he probably had been on the ship before too. And he's like, "But we know, like whatever, dude. Like it is what it is. Like oh, you know? that's what you're doing. Yeah, he probably knew. I I don't know." Um, I don't know if maybe it was just me. Maybe I just had some kind of weird, funky ass reaction to it. But it fucking made you your sweat was just terrible. Uh, well, was, you smoked too, so that didn't help. Dude, I was doing everything under the sun. I was smoking, you dipping, were all that shit. Oh yeah, yeah it's so ah. bad. I look back on that and I'm like, God, that was so nasty. Yeah. 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 So bad. Mm-hmm. Disgusting. Whatever. <laughs> yeah, it was a good episode. I'm. I was glad she jumped on. It. Uh, I don't know. I like it when we get to talk about this kind of stuff, you know. It's just important. Overall, though, what do you think? Uh, she said one line, in our, well, she probably said a whole bunch, but she said this line that um, that kind of I think everybody can take away from. She said, I realized early on that I'm not going to make everyone happy. Mm-hmm. And I was like, yeah. Because I think a lot of people care about what other people think. And honestly, you just got to do you. I did. You know, you absolutely did. I cared You way cared too about much. what every single person yeah, thought about you. Way too much, yeah. You know, and it's, and it's like the second you start just focusing on you and what you need to do to make you happy, none of that cloud matters. Mm-hmm. You know, like, and... And people do need to realize that early on, mm-hmm. or else it's gonna it's gonna affect you. Yeah, she'll do that. She'll be fine. You know, she'll get through school. And it's probably- uh, she mentioned that she's she's with her parents and her sister. Mm-hmm. So that I think that's awesome. And she's in NorCal. Yeah, she'll have some good. You know, she's home. You know, so yeah. she'll she'll have some good structure to get through school. And um, shout out for weathering the storm on the hole in your tire, kid. By the way, if you're listening, <laughs> she had a, a Facebook post like she blew up a tire yeah. i mean yeah it's just dumb you know stupid like you know it's one of those things where like people are in a stressful situation and it's like one stupid idiotic thing after another you know like a blown tire like you're like how the fuck why does this have to happen you know yeah but it's that kind of shit that makes her so such a strong person so 
So she'll she'll get through it, and it's good. I think it's probably makes a lot of sense that she's got family structure to get through college. Like she's been trying for a long time. I remember she talked yeah, about that story. So she talked about Devry and stuff. Yeah. And like I was working with her to help her. Um, I think we were working on like an education planner. Like I was in school at the time too, so we at least talked about it. You know, so it's been well, it's been for forever. And she's like been she's, trying to get it done. At what a fourth college right now. Yeah, be, well, but you know what? She didn't quit. Yeah. She found what fit for her. You know, and it's there's nothing wrong with changing degree. You need to know what makes you happy. Yeah, I've you talked. To, I mean? So I've talked a lot about education on here, and it sucks when. Um, you gotta like it's almost like grocery shopping. You have to shop the right fit for you. Absolutely. You know, and it doesn't have to be. It's you un- know. I would just say it's unfortunate when um, you don't get it right away. You know, like you have to chase a little bit. That's okay. Yeah. You deserve the best. Yeah. For no, you. she does. It just you it's know? just you want to see folks get get it right. You know, early on, but you don't know until you start. You just nope. you know, my first school I went to was uh, University of Phoenix, and at the time it was terrible. <laughs> It was so bad. You're, like, you didn't even believe I me. I first met you, and you're like, yeah, I'm in college. I'm like, yeah, sure, buddy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and you, you're like, what's, what's your email? I'm like, what? And you sent me the class you were enrolled in. I was like, okay, I, I really didn't care. Mm-hmm. But you, like, you wanted to prove to me that you were going to college. College was so important to me. And I love that she kind of made fun of CTC, because that's literally the stepping stone. If you're what's in Okinawa... Wrong with, yeah, like, that's wh- but it gets you in the door. Yeah, it does. It gets you, know? you used to it. Yeah. Know? Because it is you you have to dedicate time. Mm-hmm. Like you have to want to do it. Because online school is not easy. You know, it, you have to yeah, be I mean, disciplined. It, it's not exactly hard either if you're the right person for it. Some people could never do it. They have to be in school. There's nothing wrong with that. Hey, it just it no for matter me, what you do, it's I went to school one time and I was like, nope. You know, like when I remember I did that speech course in Fort Leonard Wood, I was like, absolutely I not. <laughs> I mean, I did that because I had to, but I, I had, I wanted nothing to do with conventional classrooms. I just didn't want to do it. I wanted to be able to be home. I was home on my chair, but at least I was home. You know, mm-hmm. for me, that made a lot of sense. And I basically did all the way through my master's Missouri in fucking sweatpants and on my recliner, you know, trying to do whatever I can to help out. And like, there were certain times where I just needed space, you know? Um, but whatever we got through it, you know, she will too. Yes. You just, hopefully she's, hopefully she gets it right. You know, this time it works out for her and she can just get through it. And if, and if it doesn't, she just will keep find going. It, yes. Yeah. Just keep going. Mm-hmm. She'll, she's that type of kid. If she wants something, she'll get it done. Proud of you for that. I hear she's how one you of, say that. She's one of my proud of you Marines. She knows. They no, know. but it's more than that now. It's, it's better than a proud of you. What do you mean? Everybody knows that means a lot to me when I say that. Not sarcastically. I didn't say it sarcastically. You say it how you always say it. But they, it's up to them to take it the right way. That's the whole point. Way to take responsibility. <laughs> That's the whole point. <laughs> you, your tone did not change at all. <laughs> I disagree. Anyways, we are proud of you. I mean, keep it up. It's, I love this episode. Yeah. It's very empowering. Yeah, I'd like yeah. to get her back... Um, yeah, she sounded excited. Yeah, be, well, because she she has a lot of phenomenal opinions about stuff. Like, um, I follow a lot of these guys on Facebook, and like, you know, you only see like a certain percentage of what people post, but um, she definitely gets on some epic rants and stuff on Facebook. I like it. Well, so, she needs to come on here and rant a little yeah. bit then. I like the so I I envision this as being kind of like a cycle. Like get them on, introduce them, tell her story, and then 
come back and let's have conversations. Yeah, let them let it rip, you know. Because they, I mean, there's definitely. Alexa's talking to Alexa, us. Alexa, what did she say? I don't know. <laughs> oh, Jesus. That's creepy, dude. Did we say anything? This Uncle Zuckerberg <laughs> shit is getting out of control. <laughs> right? Like, Uncle Zuck is, like, he'll censor your fucking ass on Facebook. He'll, he'll feed you shit through your phone, and then he'll make Alexa talk to you. Fuck. I thought somebody was in the room with us. That was weird. That was actually weird. I was really about to say, Billy, I saw a ghost. <laughs> <laughs> the, the kids are probably downstairs fucking with Alexa, though, huh? No, they're on their phone. You know what's funny? Like, we were I was, we were doing a test run, and Tommy's house has the old school intercoms. Really? Like, yeah, a lot of Midwestern houses have that. <laughs> like, it's like a really cool feature, you know? Yeah. And um, I was thinking to myself, like, man, now you got to buy like a fucking Alexa if you want that shit. We used to just put them in, you know? Like, you had like a, a uh, like a brain in your kitchen. You could play like the radio and shit. You know what I mean? And then you could yeah. like talk to different rooms. <laughs> um, now, now you got to have like portals and Alexas and fucking all kinds of shit. But, yeah, it's funny. They'll, they'll, these guys will laugh when they hear that. That was creepy. Yeah, it was a little weird. Because nobody was fucking talking to you. <laughs> <laughs> I bet when we go downstairs, they'll have music on or something. And if not, then hey, big brother, <laughs> Uncle Zuck, dude, <laughs> Uncle Zuck fucking nazi oh he's a, i don't know I'm, what's funny is he openly talks about first the first amendment right and free speech and then we'll turn around and censor the fuck out of you <laughs> this is false information we keep getting flagged i think it's funny. ai will flag and what's funny is it's it, now they're saying things like it's partially false everything's partially false it depends whose perspective you're looking at yeah. you know Whatever. it's fun I'm just glad we're off our shadow ban. Yeah, that was a while. That was, I think, February. Because we were in Disney World, right? Mm-hmm. I don't know what... I'd like to know what account actually ultimately got it flagged, if it was my private account or my actual event, or if they're tied together. Um, it was probably all of us combined. Yeah, probably. But <laughs> Man, that's like... You lose... Your engagement goes way down. Like, you know? Yeah. They legit shadow ban you. That's a real thing, folks. The algorithm, I guess. The Facebook and IG algorithm. You can get shadow banned on IG, too. Mm -hmm. They're owned by the same company. Uncle Zuck's got it all. But when you make a post on any social media, it only goes to 7% of your followers. And then if if you get engagement, it goes more. They changed that. I think that's the 2019 algorithm. I don't know how the 2020 algorithm was changed, but a very small percentage of your followers actually see what you post. So... That's why you, you. That's why people chase followers. You know, that's why companies sell you followers. You can actually buy followers. I'm constantly looking at ways to delete people on my Facebook. <laughs> yeah, you're a perger. <laughs> I am. You're, you have like I'll a get whole. In a mood. You even have a purgatory. I'm kind of letting the cat out of the bag here, but I, I have a queue of people who want to be my friends, and they are forever in purgatory because I re- could, really could. Care. I have a I have a real problem with like, if there's like 33 notifications, I need that to be zero. Yes. If there's like 50 people that are sending friend requests, like I have to go through it. I have no purgatory. I either don't accept or I accept, you know? No. So the the reason why I have a purgatory is because if I delete, they can redo it. Yeah. But if I keep you there, you can't ask me again. Yeah. Like, so have fun in purgatory. That's <laughs> where you shall stay. <laughs> I, I just, mean, I guess it doesn't help. My thing is, here's why I, I'll tag you. I don't have a purgatory. I can't have a purgatory because I'm, I want followers. I'm trying to, 
spread our content. Not know? me. You know what I mean? So like, there's a reason why my Facebook is the name it is. So you can't fucking find me. Yeah. <laughs> You've done well. I have. And I tell you what, though, I've definitely started like muting the fuck out of people. So I saw you posted that. And I'm like, why mute when you can just delete? Well, because I, I mean, I just because I don't like someone's views doesn't mean they don't, you know, they're not in my circle or my friends or. There's some pretty toxic people out there. Yeah. Some of the shit that they post. I mean, so I just mute people or I, I learned that you can unfollow them. You don't have to unfriend them. If you yeah. don't follow them, it doesn't pop up in your feed. Yeah. But yeah. I mean, I'm just, I mean, people are keyboard warriors, man. Like it's a hard thing. I mean, to, aren't we all now? I guess in a way <laughs> everyone is to a degree, right? Like effectively, if you make a post and you put an opinion out there, you've, you've essentially made yourself a keyboard warrior, you know? The, the, I'm talking about the guys that just troll that and like have no, they have no facts, they yeah. have no anything. Um, well, you know what? I think people like that like to say whatever it is. They'll go against whatever you say or agree with whatever you say. Just because, I think. Just to start an argument. Yeah. Like, that's what tickles their fancy. Mm-hmm. You know? Like, this person could really not believe what they're saying, but they're doing it for the sake of argument. You know? Yeah. Well, I mean, on the vent page, we definitely, I don't agree with everything that gets posted on the vent, you know, but that's not the point of the vent. The vent is for everyone. The vent makes me laugh. That's, I, that's what I, I want people to laugh. I love all the memes that are shown on the vent. Yeah. And I love finding memes to put on the vent and it makes me happy and it makes me giggle every day. And I think laughter is the best medicine. So I love that. I mean, <laughs> but I mean, if that, if I, if, if everyone said that to me, like we would be accomplishing what we want to accomplish, mm-hmm. right? We are sharing ideas. We spread ideas and um, sometimes they're serious ideas, but if we can at least have some fun and laugh, like, and you're like, your shit is fire, dude. Like people don't re- like the, <laughs> the average public has no idea who's posting what. I like it that way. Though. You know, and I hope I would hope um, if we have like a true following, like a true listener base, like they'd be able to, f- by listening to us, they'd be able to figure out who is posting what, you know? And I've said it multiple times though. The, the ones that are, if you see one of our posts take off, it was most likely you that posted it almost every time. <laughs> Even the guys are like, where does she get this shit? Like, you know what I mean? You you are in like in channels of Facebook that we didn't even know existed. So, I mean. It makes me laugh. It, what makes us happy, too, because it makes, and also. It's like the funny, honestly, like, it made giggle, the, it, giggle. It also made the boys a little more competitive. Like. I like what they post, So, though. like, me as, like, the owner of the page and wanting people to post and wanting people to engage. That's the best. Your like that. Your post getting them competitive is the best thing that. So I just want to say thank you because um, not I guess to all of you guys because it I, I especially with quarantine it, it makes you laugh and it's it's hard being home mm-hmm. and it, it's hard finding reasons to stay home and so in the morning sometimes the first thing I check is the page because I want to see the newest things, you know, something you laugh, like waking up with a smile. So like Tony, Cody, Billy and Tommy, it's like, it's awesome having you guys on the vent. It makes me smile. Yeah. So Doug, Doug will post every now and again. I love like, see, if you, I don't see any of it, but that's, Android. if you look at the little pictures, <laughs> like in oh, our group chat, every now and again, Doug will pop in and be like, Hey Doug, <laughs> like, well, you, know, you guys will call him out. I just love like when he just randomly pops in, it's like, he doesn't need to say anything. We know he's there. You know, he's looking yeah. every now and again. I love that. You know, I mean, not everybody's highly engaged in group chats and shit. It's just not something, 
you know, I'm not. I think our group chat is really just a it's just a release for us. It's just a something to keep your mind off some of the other shit. You know, this is weird, creeper, but I like reading it. I don't talk a lot, and I don't. I'm not on there a lot because there's so many things that I'm doing. Yeah, but I'll go on there and be like, fucking 199 messages missed. But that's like, like how that's the fuck the, am I going to catch up? That's literally the running shit show. Like we put a shit show out every Monday now. But like we, our shit show goes way so beyond I that. So I look forward to Sundays because you, you guys, this conversation before it, yeah, before Sunday, like we got to figure out what time <laughs> we're going to do this, and you guys have to do the math for what time it is in in each person's time zone. That's why because now now we have Cody and that's yeah, central, right? So you have East Coast Mountain, yep. you know, and so you guys have to do the math to do that, and then. You're literally up here for two and a half hours. Yeah, a lot of time, yeah. Just talking. Yeah. And it's too early for you to drink, but the other guys are drinking. Yeah. <laughs> yep. So I just think it's I, I it's awesome. I don't think I've had one drink during a shit show. I don't no, because one we're behind drink. everybody. Yeah. I'm usually sipping coffee because I'm just barely up at that point. Right. But yeah, it's a good time. This uh this whole thing has evolved way beyond what you know It's at a good place. Yeah. We'll see how. Hopefully, we can keep it rolling for a while. You know. Yep. But I know they're all they're all having fun. It seems like. I yeah. hope so. If they're not, I hopefully hopefully they'll tell me. But yeah, it's been a good time. I mean, you know, I think as we as we keep progressing, we'll uh, hopefully make an impact on some more veterans, get them out for the golf tournaments and stuff, and yes. do some good stuff for good causes. You know. And that is still happening in July. Mm-hmm. Social distancing on a golf course is not hard. No, it's not. It's not. It's some very simple but effective ways to spread people out. And, and hey, if you show up, everybody can come to their, our house. We'll have barbecues. Yeah. You know, we can hang out in the back. Just have fun. Mm-hmm. I'm excited. I am too. It's it's a nice thing to look forward to. Yeah. In July. Yeah, it's. I um, mean, sponsorships will be hard this year, but at least we'll get out and play. Hopefully, so. Actually, it's it's actually kind of getting, as far as marketing and stuff, it's starting to be crunch time. I got to start marketing. Yeah, because we had a plan to do that, to go places, and now you really can't. We really can't go places. There wouldn't be anybody there anyway. So Mm-mm. it's hard to ask people to donate when all these it's businesses are everyone. struggling. You know, mm-hmm. so yep. it is what it is. We'll figure it out. We will get through this, people. Yeah. Yeah. We got anything else? No, I I love this episode. I gotta I say, I think we, I think as a family we've weathered the storm pretty well too. I think we've been d- doing pretty good. I think so too. Yeah, and it we get calls from the schools to make sure our family's doing okay, which I think is amazing here, and they have resources and and I feel bad saying our family's doing pretty good, and they're like, wow, and it is it's how it's what you make of it. Yeah. You know, um, I gotta say, like the this whole thing is the best thing that's ever happened to my to do list. Not exactly your to do list. Not exactly my bank account, but my to do list is just getting hammered, man. Right? Should yeah. we be saving in, in a time of quarantine? Yeah. We've spent a lot of money. I'm single handedly keeping Lego and Home Depot <laughs> open. You know. Yeah. This is what it is. Hey, we're not bored. Yolo. And we haven't killed each other yet, Mm-mm. so. I think we've done that's, well. That's a win. What I think we we had one little spat, right? I think we got our argument one time. Yeah. Was I there for that? Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Just one. You see it as an argument. I see it as we just communicated with each other. Okay. Whatever. <laughs> um, other than that, though, 
And I had, I've, uh, since I can, I think I've only had one dry night since this quarantine started. That was yesterday. <laughs> oh, I'm such a shitbag. You literally woke up and said, hey, I forgot to tell the boys that I didn't drink anything <laughs> last night. <laughs> yeah. Wow. That's a proud of you. Well, there it is. <laughs> That's you, what I'm saying. I see what you did there. You sneaky. <laughs> yeah. So um, I've been drinking a lot. Like I've had some nights though. I've only had a couple. It's not like I. Other <laughs> nights I tie it on. I drank a fucking bottle of Tito's the other night. He was alone by the. You didn't tell anybody you're having a fire. You just went out there. That's not true. Yes, it is. I said I was having a fire. I even told you I was having a fire. I said, "Hey, I'm having a fire. You can come out if you want." Anyways, he drank the whole bottle of Tito's. Minus maybe like two drinks. There were there were like two drinks taken out of it. Anyways, he left my good lighter out there, and it, it got is. drenched. And also the mason jar out there yeah, that had more sprinkler water in it yeah. than it did leftover alcohol. Yep. Chickens had my back, though. Yeah. I'm telling you, every one of them stepped foot in that door in solidarity with me. They would just go in little circles. Yeah, they were like, what the fuck are you doing out here by yourself? Yeah. <laughs> Idiot. <laughs> Look at that stupid human. Anyways, laying some eggs. <sighs> you know how I know I'm way too fat? I didn't even wake up hungover. That means, I don't wake that up means my big anymore. fucking ass was able to either Tito's is that good or my big fucking ass can process some alcohol. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So, um, in your sleep, that was an eye opening experience. And I went to bed at midnight and still got up at like 637. Yes, you did. So you got up on time. Yeah. You're like, I still just was like, what's up? <laughs> like, <laughs> so I, I'm an alcoholic or I'm too fat. Either way, we need to address those. Hey, but, we went on a bike ride today and it was devastatingly was hard. It was fun though. Thanks for the bike, by the way. Hey, happy Father's Day. Happy Mother's Day. Happy anniversary. All above. All above. We got, yeah. We're good. <laughs> we'll have to explain that story. I don't know if we already have, have we? What story? The wedding story and the three times we got married. No, that's a long story. We'll do it on another episode. Sure. Okay. Anything else? No. Just everybody hang in there. We almost there, except for New York and Ohio. Thanks for jumping on. We missed you. Me? Yeah, you. I'm like, we? Who's we? <laughs> we haven't had you on for a bit. We, meaning the team. Oh. The team likes to hear from you every now and again. I text. I know, but, you know, it's not <laughs> the same. I think we should set up a spouse's shit show sometime. I've been thinking It'd be about asking my, my friends. You need to. Okay. Good? Yeah. I'm good. Thank you.